0: Log Talk Radio. Mm
1: Some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt.
3: Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for the days that we're in. We thank you for helping us to be, for for helping us to hang in there as long as we have. For you know, even though our journey was very has been and historically and will probably continue to be very roller coastery, and up and down and up and down and up and down with all kinds of rapture bubbles and exciting moments and people making commentaries and predictions about when World War III is going to begin and all the, and all just all sorts of things. Father, we just pray praise you for keeping our hearts and our minds on a steady course and helping us to be able to run a race that to some of us feel is almost like an eternal race. And it it just seems to never have an end. And every And and what's really hard, and Father, you know more than any, and you're you're controlling all these things, is the slowness, the death by 10,000 cuts that comes along with the um, very, very difficult challenge of carrying the heavy burden of understanding that which is about to come upon the earth in the midst of that which is already happening. As we're surrounded by fellow brothers and sisters and even unbelievers that are predicting a return to normalcy, uh, having no understanding. understanding whatsoever that the things that we're experiencing are uh, biblical and are under your full control. And um, we praise you for helping us to understand these things. It definitely makes it a lot easier if there is a such thing, a little bit easier, a teensy bit easier to be able to endure the roller coastery ride that is associated with this because we go through periods of joy and happiness for all sorts of different reasons. And we all have different backgrounds and pasts and things that we believe. And some of us have children and we have, you know, deep down inside, we have subconscious wishes that they would have a normal life, but yet we you know, when we really think about it, it doesn't seem very likely at all. As a matter of fact, we seem to have clearly passed, I believe more than anything in the whole world that we have clearly passed a biblical precipice uh, whereby there is no point of return, which we knew that at some point, at least following, you know, a percentage of the A-list profits over the years, that those predictions were made, my goodness, back in 2012, 2013, you know, and, and, and look at where we are, now and how many years have gone by, praise God. And we thank you, Father, for your mercy endures forever. We pray in in accordance with your loving kindness and your in the multitude of your tender mercies, as David put it in Psalm 51, we pray that you will continue to forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will continue to anoint us in a special way that will give us extra strength, extra health, and the things that we need to be able to endure the days that we have ahead. In a graceful manner like like Jesus uh, being, remaining calm while the seas are roaring all around us and it, this and and no one better than you Lord Jesus understands what it is that we're going through and what it is that we are about to go through certainly because uh, you know what many of us have come to the conclusion that the Bible is a humongous understatement so therefore father we anticipate things to get very very bumpy we ask you for a special anointing we ask you Lord God for divine protection we are holy fire around us our loved ones, uh, teach us spiritual warfare prayers, help us to, to be able to get better in our spiritual warfare prayers, because we need it, and if we don't have it, we're going to take beatings that we shouldn't ought to have, have had to take, but we didn't, maybe some people didn't know any better, and Father, we just pray that all these things will be showered down upon us, uh, as, as, just like Elisha got, you know, that double portion anointing, we're asking you for, for something very similar to that for us, each of us, uh, on all aspects of our want all aspects of our walk. Getting up earlier, spending more time in the secret place of the Most High, uh, doing a better job of reflecting on our behaviors and and confessing out loud of the sins that we've committed on, on a daily basis, even those of which we are unaware of. And Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that your holy hand will be upon each of us. And Lord Jesus, that you will continue to pray with us, that the cloud of witnesses will continue to pray for us because we need all that we can get. And the vast majority of our fellow brothers and sisters on this earth are absolutely clueless and we need it father we need to be praying for one another we need to be praying for the lost and we need your help to be able to do that therefore that the father may be glorified in the son we beseech you, Lord God, our Father, our merciful Father, our Abba Father, and we pray in Jesus' name for that anointing, that 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 boost that we all need uh, to uh, not only to be able to easily or more easily deal with the things that are happening around us today, but also to prepare us supernaturally, spiritually, uh, our body, soul, spirit, flesh, and heart in all manner uh, that we are utterly prepared and at the ready to be able to serve you in the greatest capacity that uh, that could ever have been written in our books before there was time Psalm 139 verse 16 praise your name thank you father praise you for it Lord Jesus we give you all the praise I thank you father for uh, uh, for um, uh, first Thessalonians chapter 5 verses uh, 16 to 18 rejoice always pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances, even the rotten ones. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Hallelujah. Let us all learn to praise our way through this storm because there's a dark dark, darker, darker, darker cloud on the horizon every day we wake up if we're awake and aware. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise because we, even though it can be very challenging, we praise you, Father, that we were so blessed to be awake and aware. And we praise you because we believe that you are going to help us every step of the way. And Jesus, we need those prayers. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: I told you to say what For oh, I would come for you one day I gave you my word, so you would know The time I'd come and take you home It's time for you to look up The signs are gay for coming down Don't be cold, To sleep and blind You don't want To be left behind cause and be home Trabalhar. Come and be home. 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 Come and be holy
3: Praise God! Thank you, Jesus. God, I, I was dorking.
2: <laughs> I
3: was dorking around with the uh, with the mixer <laughs> while the music was playing, uh, because I wanted to be able to do this, but I was not ready. I was not ready, and so I'm like I'm flipping switches and giz- gizmos and gadgets and things, and the music's playing, and then it ended quicker than I was able to get the setting. But anyway, uh, hey, think about this. You. Oh, that's too much. Wow, that's way too much. Okay, how do I turn that that effect way down? Man, I, I don't remember how to do all these things. This is too hard. Hello? 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 Hello. Okay, how about this? You have now entered the apocalyptic zone. <laughs> The apocalyptic zone. Anyway, I have to have a little bit of fun. You gotta smile once in a while, you know. And there's enough roller coastery, weird apocalyptic things going on out there. Once again, uh, the amount of apocalyptic news that I had to go through today um, was uh, staggering. <laughs> and it, you know, and once in a while you get a little break, you know, uh, And when I, what I mean from, from a break, what I, what, what I, me, 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 in this particular case, just me, what I mean about a break is there are rare times, uh, it doesn't happen often, where I'll start to prepare for a program. And when I say prepare, I don't, I never prepare any kinds of Bible teaching, preaching things like a lot of people do. And then, not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, the kind of stuff that Terry Hill does requires a lot of preparation and and a lot of prayer and, and it's fantastic stuff we love it and um uh, you know but the, 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 you know there are everybody's different everybody has their own different anointings from the Lord uh, we all I just find it so fascinating the parable of the talents and the rewards is actually talking about money the talent talent is a type of you know uh, I guess money from back during that time uh, and um and but, but it, the word talent in English basically means, you know, like, hey, I can sing, ha, 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 ha," that kind of thing. And, um, you know, and it's just fascinating because it's our talents, our English word talents, that um, that we can use to serve the Lord with, and we all have them, but a lot of times we don't really recognize them as gifts from God. We just say, "Well, I use the thing in the choir, whatever," but they, but they are they are our gifts from God. As a matter of fact, we have a lot more gifts from the Lord. I'm not talking about you know you know specific Holy Spirit you know the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit mentioned in First Corinthians uh, chapter twelve. I'm not I'm not specifically referring to those, but I'm talking about all kinds of gifting from our Father uh, that. Uh, especially as we grow in our sanctification, more and more, you know, not always, not for everybody, because a lot of people, you know, are much, much more comfortable uh, sitting still. Um, I, you know, I don't think that's the ideal way for a person who loves the Lord with all their heart and mind and soul to act. Um, you know, they should be we should all be hungry to grow and learn and explore and, uh, you know, wonder about uh, the mysteries of everything. Uh, you know, I you know, I don't know why. But for some reason, the Lord made it my ministry, my, a big, big part. Now, it's not 100% of it, and we all know that. Anybody who listens to this program, at, even a little bit, knows it. Um, but a big, big, big part of what the Lord has essentially told me and led me to do uh, is to – I. You know, you can't explain it. Why does a person like purple Kool-Aid or, you know, grape Kool-Aid? Why does a person, why does one person like grapefruit and another person hates grapefruit? You you know, it's one of those things, right? Well, in my world, for some reason, as I, the more I started to read the Bible, the more I started to get it, the the Lord kept on putting these people in my life that were, I mean, it was, you could say, well, hey, Johnny, it was just a coincidence, Hey, Johnny, it was just a coincidence that you, you know, that you stumbled across Jonathan Cleck when you did. Hey, Johnny, you know, and, and, and again, none of us agree 1000% with any, that would be insane. It would be absolutely crazy. You would literally have to be some kind of a hybrid uh, clone creature to, one, to, you know, to greet to agree with every single thing that every other person that you know, or even anybody really take, pick any human being on the face of the earth. They can They can be anointed, they can be have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking we can the whole deal. Take a pick, take your choose your pick, and see if you guys agree on one hundred percent of everything because if you do you 're some kind of a strange hybrid <laughs> that 's all I can say that is some weird stuff now, maybe if you 're an actual twin, okay that might have, but I think even twins have noteworthy differences uh you know at least from what i've heard i've I've never actually been in the presence of twins but i've heard that twins have differences about themselves that their parents are able to pick up on very quickly so the playing that switcheroo game that you see might work for people who don't know you very well but your parents evidently their parents are able to pick up on the nuances their slight differences in the personalities of actual twins which is very interesting but anyway, um uh praise God, oh oh, oh, and I and so why did i why did I segue into this whole mystery thing and, and the Lord, so I got to this place in my walk where because the Lord kept throwing literally throwing rain in front of me, I mean, there were supernatural like there I wrote an article called um uh the the um botnet coincidence. And I've mentioned this many times where I was working at this um, company and uh, I was sitting at my desk and um, I was investigating botnets, which were becoming very uh, sinister in pervasive across the internet as an attack, as an attack weapon. Botnets are used to to take down things, okay? So when the banking systems are shut down for a while or Bank of America or a hospital or whatever is under attack, one of the ways is known as a denial-of-service attack, and now they're referred to as what's called distributed denial-of-service attacks or DDoSs, and those are launched against uh, agencies. They're usually there, but anyway, I won't get into all the socio-politics, socio Political stuff behind the attack, uh, uh, you know, drivers. But what what I will say is that I was sitting at my desk, and this was like an impossible God thing. Okay, I had I have had so many supernatural God things happen in my life, and many the vast majority of which I've forgotten. I can't even keep I can't keep track of them all. I really just I can't. It's impossible. I would literally have to stop every X number of I don't know. Now, some days go by and not much happens. But there are these weeks that will go by where I'll have like bunches of things happen. Um, And um, I I, I just, you know, it's impossible for me to do my testimony because what happens is by the time I do three hours of my testimony, I realize I forgot, you know, half a dozen chapters. Uh, and then I'm like, Oh man, that's incomplete. And I, and you know, whatever. So anyway, so I'm like sitting there at my desk and I know by this time I'm already hypersensitive to how the Lord was speaking to me, but I was still learning, you know, because it's, it's a learning process. And, um, and, uh, I was still very young, you know, babyish, you know, uh, infantile really. and, and, and freshman like in my understanding of how God would speak to me. But once in a while, I would get a, a like a baseball bat upside the head kind of a thing and I would know oh my gosh that's god you know it's like oh ow and you know and and so what happened was I was sitting at my desk and I had a scrolly wheel on my mouse most of us do if we have a desktop computer and uh and that scrolly wheel I, I just because it was a three-dimensional depiction somebody I guess I don't know some agency or something had gone out collected data on where the, all the bots were on you know it's a bot network okay and and their little applications evil applications that fire off evil uh, uh, TCP IP packets and they do it all in harm you know all at the same time so, so it's like hundreds of quadrillions of packets that from all over the world are all being focused on Bank of America's main website. And then of course that website becomes inaccessible i've had many ddos attacks even against tribulation now where i went down for three days um so so you know it happens now anyway um so i'm sitting there and 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 this is years and years ago way more than you know it's like 12 13 14 15 years ago maybe 15 i don't know no 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 maybe 12 or 13, 13 maybe and um and i'm sitting there scrolly wheeling you know and i'm rolling the ball rolling the wheel you know because it's three-dimensional you know i don't know if you've ever seen or that computer effect where you use a scrolly wheel and you go forward and backward it, you can do that with google earth you can do that with a lot of things that have that kind of motion if you're a gamer then you're very familiar with the scrolly scrolly thing on the mouse um and, but i'm not and you know, i'm not into games but anyway so um so i scrolly wheeled uh through this botnet, and it was three-dimensional. I can see the bots to the left and the bots to the right, and each one of them was represented by, like, a little dot that had the name of the actual server, okay? And that that has to do with the DNS. So when we go to Tribulation Now, we type in tribulation-now.org. org. used to be, in the early days, we had to type the whole HTTP colon forward slash forward slash, and if we didn't type it right, it wouldn't come up. You know, there was no nothing, you know, was very, very mechanical. Uh, You were either right or you're wrong and it didn't work. You had to be a lot, you know, but to help people that are less computer literate nowadays, they did all, they made all kinds of changes across the internet to make it, make it easier to compute and do things. Well, anyway, so I'm in this three dimensional thing. I'm watching it on my screen and all these botnets and they have names, you know, different names of hosts. Okay. So every computer out on the internet, ideally not, they don't have to have a name, but if people want accessible and help people to find them, you know, it's a lot easier instead of typing 172.16, you know, 132.150, you know, it was like, how do you remember that, right? But it's easier to remember something like, uh, you know, like uh, glennbeck.com, right? Okay, so that's a lot easier than 172.30, you know, that kind of thing. So that's what DNS is all about. Well, anyway, so I'm passing by all these bots, and I'm scrolling the scrolly wheel, and I'm looking around at this entire universe. Of botnets, and I'm thinking to myself, "Oh my gosh, there are millions of them out here!" And of course, working in the field that I work in, it was very relevant for me to kind of take a look around and just kind of get my my uh, you know feel for the magnitude of the problem. Well, anyway, so as I'm doing this, all of a sudden I just got this. I don't know, call it a wild hair or something. I don't know what it was, but I got, I just t- turned into this little kid, and I started – I said, well, I'm going to find the end of this uh, botnet thing, this three-dimensional depiction of this – and I'm talking about millions. I, I, I mean I assume it was millions. I don't know if it – maybe it was tens of thousands. I don't know. It w- it seemed to be millions, but it w- it, but anyway, I'm scrolly-wheeling as fast as I can. I got to faster and faster and faster and faster, forward, 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 and I'm watching thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of these little botnet things with various names like glenbeck.com and theblaze.com and you know it wasn't those I'm not picking on them but it was just names of different servers that are that were out there that were infected by botnets and I'm scrolling 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 and I'm like I'm gonna get to the end of this no matter what and I'm sitting there scrolling as fast as I can scrolling as fast as I can I, I probably was scrolling I kid you not know probably for about eight solid minutes straight and I'm scrolling, scrolling 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 and watching them fly by me fly by me and I'm scrolling scrolling I'm like I'm gonna get to the end I'm gonna find out where the very very end of, of all these three dimensional botnet rep- you know this, this thing is and I and then, and then I hit the end boom and I looked up and I said, I wonder what the name of that host is. The name of the host at the very end of this eight minute scrolling three-dimensional botnet across the world thing that they created, the last one when I when I hit the end. I'm staring directly in my face. At the, I'm looking at it in utterly, absolute, total disbelief. The name of the host was thedisclosureproject.com. Can you imagine that? Thedisclosureproject.com. Um, that was the name of the botnet now now does that mean that the disclosure project was behind the botnets no 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 it has nothing to do with it it was a, it was just purely an electronic coincidence that as i was scrolling you know i could have turned my mouse to the left i could have, could have turned it to the right i could have ended up on one any one of 10,000 other names but the fact that after 7 minutes of high speed scrolling i hit the very end and the one i happened to be looking at by coincidence, is thedisclosureproject.com. And it was at that moment in time the Lord was saying to me, John, I want you to focus your ministry work, a large part, part of what you do for me, on the alien problem. Okay? So that's one of the big, big ways that the Lord will talk to you. OK, another thing is sometimes you will start to see yourself like, OK, so then the Lord started to put in front of me people. I, st- I wrote an article. This was a very long time ago, uh, probably 2009. I wrote an article. Uh, I believe it was called. Um, oh, I can't even remember the name. Shame on me for that. Uh, but it was something like. Um, You know, God's time travel, uh, you know, aliens, uh, you know, it had like a, a, you know, just a whole bunch of different, very controversial, very advanced um, topics kind of woven into one big article title. I forget, I forget what the, it was so long ago. Well, Steve Quayle saw it, and he loved the article, and he wanted to use a lot of the material that was in the article as multiple pages. Nowadays, nobody will read articles. You can, If you do articles on your website and it's like two or three pages long, nobody's going to read it. I mean you'll, you'll have a few people that will go by, and, but, but people are just so media-driven right now. That's why all the websites have these gigantic photographs on them and then like one little blurb down below it. You know, if there's any real meat in the article, very few humans on Earth anymore will take the time to read them. But back in 2009, it was different. And I would write three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten page articles on particular subjects. And in this case, I was covering, you know, news of mysteries, you know, aliens, aliens demons, time travel, and God, I think is what I called it. And Steve Quayle got a hold of it, and he called me on the phone. And um, and was talking to me about, you know, hey, can, is it okay? I'm, I'm asking for verbal permission uh, to use the content in your article in some of my books. And I said, yeah, absolutely, go ahead. And then he sent me like a big box of free of his books for free just as a thank you. Um, but, I you know, I see anything that comes – if you consider anything that comes from the Lord belongs to the body of Jesus Christ, even if the body of Jesus Christ doesn't want to hear it. Okay, that's okay. But we have a duty um, as part of the body of Christ that when we are given, no matter how esoteric, like can you imagine how David Doitry felt back in 1996 to have prayed for probably over 20 years and finally the Lord gave him a massive, incredible vision of the rapture. That's all he prayed about was, well, Father, show me the rapture. Father, show me a vision of the rapture. Father, show me a vision of the rapture. He was the perfect example of the persistent widow in Luke 18. this guy. And um, he lives just in an hour, hours, South, and we've had him on the program a couple of times already. So there's probably some old shows that we can go back and pull up as uh, best of shows with David Doitry, you know, which would be great, really great idea. So Sister Nancy, Sister Nancy, I hope you're out there. Please remind me to do a best of with David Doitry. But anyway. uh, uh, you know he he was shown this big gigantic round mothership this like death star mothership uh, in the sky three weeks before the rapture occurred well that would have had to be the barley harvest rapture the first iteration not the final harvest rapture, the wheat, rapture the wheat harvest that occurs after the three days of darkness because the world is going to be in a state during the day of the Lord the day of the Lord is intermingled amongst that so that Revelation chapter 6 verse 12 starts the day of the Lord with the great earthquake and the meteor Hitting the earth and the whole earth shaking and to and fro like a drunkard and all that kind of stuff. Isaiah twenty four. So what happens is at that point in time everything changes because everything's going to go dark because the world is, is is going into the great tribulation. So you have the day of the Lord and then you have you know the day of His wrath has come and who is able to stand Revelation six seventeen and then you go into the great tribulation which is three point five years long times times half a time forty two weeks that kind of thing. All right. So anyway, so um, and none of us better be here for that. If you're a grape, I feel sorry for you because God is going to be crushing the grapes and refining them to bring them home. And uh, I don't want to be crushed that much. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm kind of a wimp, you know. My, even my mom used to think I was a wimp. I, I, you know, just just to give you an idea of how much of a wimp I was uh, as a little kid. You know, if I stubbed my foot, you know, I, evidently there were a lot of Johnnies in, in my neighborhood. And this was back in the days when you would, as a kid, you would, you know, six, you know, six seven year old kid, You would um, very much like that movie A Christmas Story. That's that's when I grew up. Okay. Now, granted, that was set I think in the late 40s or whatnot, or maybe the 50s. But 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 I was I grew up in the 60s, and the times were not that different. And as a mom, um, your mother would give you say, "Go out and play," and then you would just go get with your friends and of course it was just automatic and it was almost like on a daily basis and you would just go get your friends and you'd break a stick, you know, a twig off of a tree and that would become your your gun and you'd play cowboys and Indians and run through the neighborhood and you'd be out you know, for four or five hours at a time. Well, evidently in my neighborhood, which was, you know uh, Runyon Road in Hummelstown, Pennsylvania in my neighborhood, there were a lot of Johns, evidently, little kids named John. So my mom, in she couldn't go out and go, Johnny because if she did that she ended up with 15 Johnny standing on the end, end end of the driveway. So she decided to give me a nickname and it was Chipper. So that was my nickname. So, but I was I, you know I was just one of my things I was just a crybaby I guess was if I would stub my foot, you know, cuz you back then you you know barefoot all the time, barefoot, barefoot, the whole summer long barefoot. And um you'd run through the streets, you know. I mean it was a, just a different time. And kids run free and you didn't you know, you didn't have all this weird be satanic weird stuff that you got today you know what I mean well anyway so um uh in if I stubbed my toe so much as stub my toe and there was a sign of the tiniest little bit of blood boy I'd go running to my mom screaming bloody murder that I was gonna die I was gonna die 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 and my mom was like oh for crying out loud well I, I was at this picnic they took me to this picnic I can't remember where it was but it's some church affiliated of course with my mom and um, you know, after she 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 when she was in the Lutheran church, she uh, she got she her and one of her friends they got really bored and they didn't really you know Lutherans are poof, that's like about as dead as you can get. And there may be some good good ones out there today, who knows? But I, I'm not going there. But at the time, if you were a Lutheran, you were pretty much utterly dead in Christ. And anyway, so uh, and that's where we were going. We didn't, you know, we didn't really know any better. And, um, uh, you know, and my mom got a grimoire, and they were doing hocus pocus, dominochas, her and her friend. And they actually moved chairs across the kitchen. Well, they didn't move them; demons did. And it scared the heck out of my mom so bad that she grabbed me by the short hairs, threw me in the back of the car, which was an old Studebaker. And um, uh, uh, yeah, no, it was a green Buick because I remember my grandfather gave it to my. Well, anyway, long story. But um, in our and our in my our uh, we had a, a, a poodle. A Big full size standard poodle that would uh, break free of its tra- chains in the backyard, uh, and uh, I t- hated it. Though my parents would keep a dog out, but anyway, uh, and the and the poodle would would run uh after the car so we became you know the whole town knew us as those weird people they knew us anyway because my dad was a school teacher and blah 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 but th- this do- this dog would run behind the car i mean we would go down the whole main street of hummelstown pennsylvania and there's this standard poodle uh you know running at 40 miles an hour uh, right behind our car right and so the whole neighborhood knew it so anyway i don't know how i got on that tangent but the point is is uh uh the the um you know my cry baby Ishness. Uh, we go to this picnic. I'm, I'm swinging on a swing. There was this little girl named Rosie, who is the daughter of a of, of a preacher, and uh, you know, and I had a crush on her. And of course, I'm six years old. You know what do I know. And I, and I'm I'm swinging real high and I, real high because I want to impress Rosie. And I like wave my hand over. Uh, hey hey. Well now I'm swinging really high with only one hand on the swing, and I go right up into the air like you know one of those uh, Cirque du Soleil people. <laughs> okay. I don't know how high up I went, but I went high. And, uh, when I came down, um, I hit hard and I remember, you know, looking at my left arm and it was in the shape of it, like a W. And I'm like thinking to myself, that is not normal. So I just reach over because I'm in shock and I'm, I'm a little kid. I don't know any better. I don't know a a broken arm from a hole in the ground. And so I'm looking at this W shaped arm and I'm like, that's wrong. I need to fix that. And I reach over with my right hand and I smash it together. uh, And I literally set it back into its normal shape. And then I grabbed it and I ran across, you know, the, the, the grounds. And I went over to my mom and dad who were sitting in the picnic table, whatever, eating their food. And I said, mom Mom, i broke my arm i broke my arm and my mom goes yeah sure you did go sit in the back of the car and we'll be over there shortly and i'm like oh. and i went back and got into the car and i laid in the back of the car and i cried 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 and i cried, and I cried for about 90 minutes to two hours while my mom and dad Finish their barbecue and their fun with the church people. So anyway, um, then uh, they took me and uh, it was, I even remember the name of the doctor. His name was Doctor Sherman. Came out of the uh, X-ray area or whatnot at the at the uh, Harrisburg Hospital where they took me and uh, they and he said, "Oh yeah, it's broken for sure, in two places, clean breaks." And my mom and dad, I remember the look; they were like so shocked and felt so guilty and bad because they told me to go sit in the back of the car for hours. But anyway, um, the reason why that's relevant is because um, all these uniquenesses. So I, I, I figure that the Lord knows that I don't think, you know, given my constitution, that I there's, I, I just wouldn't make it in the Great Tribulation. I'd be. I would just crumple. I don't think I could endure. That's going to take a special, really special group of tribulation saints to be able to endure what's going to be happening during the great tribulation because it's going to be so horrible that words cannot even begin to, words can't describe. I mean, really, they can't. So anyway, um, uh, you know, but one of the idiosyncrasies of my walk, oh gosh, if I I could write a book. But anyway, one of them, other than the Disclosure Project, supernatural event that occurred and there's I have so many of them it's un, but was this thing where god would keep putting people in front of me uh, it might be an invitation to a radio show it might be me when when Rick Wiles invited me to do a rapture rapture no rapture point counterpoint show on true news now, of course, he Rick was intending to you know, take me down. That's what he was planning on doing, uh, you know, and so, and because uh, he's a, a no rapture guy. And so he brought his best no rapture guy on the program to be the point, the counterpoint. So and then he invited me on the show to use his best no rapture guy to take me down. That was the intent. I, mean, I don't know that he, there was malice necessarily, but probably. Um, but anyway, praise Jesus, I was able to go on there. I was so nervous. And, um, and, uh, and uh, you know, eat his lunch and pop the bag, which, of course, meant that the radio show is probably nowhere to be found on the entire Internet. Now, I'm sure, I'm sure I have a downloaded copy somewhere on my local computer. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, but, you know, that was a supernatural experience. I mean, what are the odds that some yo-yo from Blog Talk Radio, you know, so I had the conversation with Steve Quayle. Then I meet Dr. Jerry Lee. Oh, man, that's that was a trip. Uh, and meeting Dr. Jerry Lee was another extremely supernatural event to the point where I just about – Lost it. I needed like a box of depends to be able to pull myself through the, the evening uh, because he called me on my phone. I don't even remember giving him my phone number. So I'm like, how is this possible that some guy from Alberta, Canada, you know, and then he calls me and I don't even know who he is. And then when I figure out who he is and what he believes, I'm like, this is impossible. This is not humanly possible. And what? So anyway, long story short. Why am I talking about all this? Because as part of these supernatural coincidences that the Lord shoved in my face, in some cases he shoved them in my face. In some cases they were subtle, but they were always so supernatural that I knew it was God. And one of those things was also hunting mysteries. I be, I fell in love with the Bible, and I fell in, but I especially I especially fell in love with mysteries." If it was, because here's the thing, I'm already writing, the Lord's already told me to deal with the alien problem, which right off the bat, I mean, like I said, David Doetry, 1996, can you imagine? He showed in 1996 that a giant round spherical spaceship will be in the sky three weeks before the rapture. Who's he going to tell without everybody thinking he's a complete whack job, a nutbag? Okay, so he, and he admits it, he admits it, he had to carry it, you know, no one would listen to him. And like I've mentioned before, it wasn't until John Ting on Five Doves put it up in somewhere around 2003, 2004, and then eventually I got a hold of it and then asked him to come on the show. But the point, because the Lord showed me, and I didn't even believe in UFOs. You know, I was just one of those weird people that, you know, I kind of acknowledged that there was something going on. I was more apt to believe along the same lines as Chuck Misler did, which was, unfortunately, it was inaccurate, but it was at least a start. Praise Jesus, where he went forward with this other guy, and they started to talk about them, and, and, and he basically, his, his posit, his hypothesis was that they were demonic and that they were interdimensional. So they were moving, these spaceships were moving from the demonic realm into our realm, so they were demons inside of what appeared to be spaceships, which is inaccurate. That is not correct, um, but you know I I had to go on this you know eleven approaching twelve year journey to learn the things of the Lord and and as you learn it's iterative, so if if you are in a place where you believe First Corinthians eight two if anyone thinks they know anything they know nothing yet as they ought to know, if you live based upon this notion that you don't know diddly even when you know a lot more than you did yet last last night versus the week before versus the the year before 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 it's iterative and you keep on growing but you have to you can never stop if you ever get to a point where you stop learning then you have a problem Oh, my gosh. And look at the time. Um, but but so the, so the mystery thing, then I got hungry. I just couldn't – I could not control myself because what happened was the Lord started connecting dots between the aliens and the Sumerians and the Bible, and it all started coming together. And I was like – and the more I learned, the more
2: amazing
3: it became. And the more – and then I, I would re, – I refused to stop. I even knew that there were holy watchers because the Bible says there are holy watchers, Daniel 2.43. But everybody else is out there saying, well, if, if they're using. The word watcher, it must be an evil fallen angel. Well, that is incorrect. It's just an incorrect understanding of how the universe works. So the more I learned, the more hungry I got, and the more I learned, the more hungry I got, and the more I learned, the more hungry I got. And then over 12 years of time, you keep on reading the Bible and looking at these mystery scriptures and with Jesus saying, have I not said that ye are gods? You know, and Jesus saying things like, you know, and John the Baptist is Elijah, if you can receive it. But people just read over that stuff, and they just kind of go about their merry way. They're like, wow, that was really interesting. Um, If I can receive it, okay, well, very good. Where's Where's Chipper now? Chipper, 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 time for lunch. And we forget about it. I don't. I find those scriptures, those scriptures attract me so much that I will spend hours and hours and hours hunting. I'll use advanced computer tools, Um, Hebrew, you know, every and um but anyway um so i brought all this up and uh to lead you if you feel so led uh and i'll probably publish it as a separate radio show entitled the mystery of our existence but what i did was i appended that title into the prayer vigil show title so now the prayer vigil shows says prayer vigil in communion service bracket mystery of our existence but what I, I don't know why maybe we're running out of time i don't know but something came over me on friday night and i just it just exploded out of me and i talked all about our you know uh, with tons of bible scriptures for people to look up on their own uh you know just it was just this i don't know what to call it it just god overwhelmed me and i just started talking about every little thing that i and i and i crushed it all in To essentially the first two and a half hours, you know, give or take, of the prayer vigil radio show, and it covered a lot, a ton of material. As a matter of fact, I would even I would say if I take off the the prayer part in the very beginning and the and the prayer and communion part uh, and spiritual warfare prayers on the very end, if I take those off, that show would stand alone as a show that would be entitled the mystery of our existence. Okay, and it is highly biblical. It makes a lot of sense uh you know there's a lot of common sense in it uh, a lot of testimony in it and it it uh, you will be very very blessed to to go and listen and you will probably think i'm a raving lunatic you will probably initially not believe a lot of it uh and um, and then and then what will happen if we're still here on the earth long enough is someday you will write me an email at jbaptist777 at gmail.com and you will um you'll say to me well, when I first listened to that radio show a year ago, I thought you were a raving lunatic and um and now I know that what you were talking about is true, and I just wanted to say thank you, God bless you. I get more of those emails than it's just amazing. The number of them is just astonishing as a matter of fact, once I finished that that particular program uh, uh I got a uh communication, an email communication from a guy who had been to uh, Karis Bible College, I think he said, and uh, some other places. And he was he he asked a question, um, you know, because part of it talks about, you know, no sol- no third Solomon's Temple, right? You know, I'm not saying that they're not going to build a third Solomon's Temple during the Great Tribulation, but it ain't going to happen before Jesus comes, that's for sure. I mean, for for the rapture part. Okay, For but, and, and he said, well, what about chapter 11 of, of Revelation? And I said to him, okay, so I'm going to read this to you because this is very material and important, and uh, doggone it, it's going to Oh, I'm going to have a terrible time getting through the news and I'm running out of time. Oh, Lordy, Lordy, Jesus. Hallelujah. But anyway, since I went down this journey, I'm going to go ahead and share this with you. And Terry's so sweet. She'll she'll hang in there for me Um, because the world's falling apart. And how do you get all this information out? And we're running out of time. So I've got to get information out. I've got to. When the Lord shares something with you, you are compelled. Your whole body. Body, soul, spirit, flesh, and heart—just go. They catch on fire. Holy fire overwhelms you, and you have got to share it. You've got to share it, and it just overwhelmed me on on Friday. Well, I had this person write me and said, "Well, what about?" Because I was saying it's the temple body. It's the temple body. The abomination of desolation standing in the holy place is Satan incarnating into a human. Okay, it's the temple body, and, and this person asked me about Revelation 11 and and how it talks about the you know measure the temple, measure this, measure that, and and this is what I said. <clears throat> The problem with pointing to Revelation 11 as a single passage that overrides everything that God, that's Jesus, told us is that Revelation has certain parts that are all metaphor. And seen in a vision state through John, Revelation 11 is metaphorical. We ought to intellectually and spiritually know this. Obviously, two human beings are not going to stand on a street corner in Tel Aviv shooting fire out of their mouths for 3.5 years. That's ridiculous. Therefore, it is a metaphor. The entire notion or lie from Satan that it's okay to use earthly weapons for self-defense, which it is not, comes from that same Man invented awfully sad notion that you can cherry pick a single verse about getting two swords for thirteen men and somehow justify violence. Proves and and telling people that it proves that the apostles carried swords, which is a lie is horrifically sinful and satanic way to twist God's words to our fleshy itchy ears' desires instead of truly being like Jesus was and carry our crosses to our earthly deaths as he did. It is never, ever proper biblical exegesis to take one verse to nullify many others which explicitly override the single verse that is obviously misunderstood. Our challenge is to see the prophetic meaning in the exception. And therein lies the key to deeper understanding through only our Father's grace and wisdom, James 1.5. God bless you. I hope this was helpful. I love this quote from Mark Twain. Whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority, it is time to pause and reflect. And by the way, while I'm sharing that, I got a really cool one from uh, – uh, a really cool quote from uh, Alex Jones, and I, I was like, wow, that is really a good quote, and I I I – Saved it, uh, and I'm going to share it with you tonight, uh, real quick. I love to collect witticisms and map them back to the Bible. And Alex, I, Alex, you know, Alex Jones's notions about guns is unfortunate, like many Americans, and many of them will go to hell because of it. And I'm sorry about that, but that's just how it's going to turn out for him, and it makes me very sad. But anyway, um, it says, uh, and I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. The Scripture certainly doesn't bear witness to that. But anyway, uh, this is one of the things he said. And the way I pray for people who believe it's okay to use guns, I pray in the I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, for all of those who have been deceived by the devil and intend to use a gun, I pray in Jesus' name that the moment – if they are part of your chosen, if they are part of your children, Father, in the name of Jesus, when they pick that weapon up, I pray that it turns red hot and burns their hands. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. All right. So anyway, and boy, they'll they'll get the message that it's from God. That you know, they won't have a second. They won't be second in that scripture anymore. But anyway, the one that Jones said, this is great. He said, you know how everybody will say things like God helps those who help themselves. Well, you know what? It's nowhere in the Bible. That is true. However, it is absolutely a true ism in regard to our Christian walk and the way that Alex Jones put it in his quote. He said. If your boat is about to hit the rocks – you. now, this was taken from another person who quoted it first, and then he added to it in a funny way, which I loved and made me laugh. He said, if your boat is about to hit the rocks, you start rowing and praying. You don't just sit there like a jellyfish. Okay, and I, I found that to be pretty humorous, and it is actually very true. Praise God. All right, so anyway, um, I'm way, 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 way over time as usual. Kids, uh, you guys want to hear a joke or two? I know. It's just so much apocalyptic headlines. I don't have time, and I'm sorry. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you for joining the show. I know. Thank you for being a big part of the show. Patient said, Doctor, I feel like a dog. Doctor said, "Sit on the couch and we'll talk about it then." Patient said, "I'm not allowed on the couch." <laughs> Kids, <laughs> I
4: know, right?
3: Feel like a dog. Oh, I'm not allowed on the couch. Oh, praise God. Listen to this. Doctor, do you drink a lot? Patient, no. I spill most of it. <laughs> Kids, that's
2: not a good. Right? Okay,
3: yeah. Now, he was just talking about cool. Yeah, just the school aid. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Oh, I missed part of that joke, so, but it still worked out. All right, one more. Doctor, I keep hearing a ringing sound. Then answer the phone. <laughs> Kids? Okay. I know, I know, I know. Here's one more. Patient says, doctor. Sometimes I feel like I'm invisible. The doctor said, Who said that? <laughs> Sometimes, that is just thought. Uh, you got a hit. That was a good one. That was a good one. See, so you guys got a bonus one tonight. Praise Jesus. All right, hallelujah. Let's go ahead and move into the news.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong is uh, Game over.
3: All right, praise God. I have a Glenn Beck uh, thing I wanted to play for you, but I'm gonna uh, hold that off to the. N- Excuse me. Next show, um, I had a. Uh, I was naughty. I kind of broke my diet today and had it. We have a, a sandwich shop in Tampa called Earl of Sandwich. E E A R L. Oh my gosh, our sandwiches are so good. Uh, but anyway. Um, Listen to this. I just want This I do want to share with you because it's not long, and it's just unbelievable. What you are about to hear, and many people already know about this, and that's cool. Good. I'm glad. Um, uh, but Obama visited Denmark, and while he was visiting Denmark, he, was, uh, he came out of a building uh, with various people that he was visiting, dignitaries and whatnot, and he was getting into a car, a limousine. Okay, And as he was getting into the limousine, uh, he stopped and looked up with a big, goofy Antichrist smile on his face because there was a choir singing a praise song to Obama. Now, I had somebody say to me, well, that wasn't a praise song. They were just singing the Denmark national anthem or some weird thing like that. And I tried to explain to them the concept of praise doesn't have to be. The the fact that they gathered together and they sang for him was, by its own definition, praise. It doesn't matter what they were singing. They could have been singing, you know, uh, Boogie Nights from Heat Wave. (laughs) It don't matter. Okay, but I'm going to play this little ditty for you so that you kind of get a – this is creepy. And to me it's wonderful because it's a confirmation that Obama, in fact, is the Antichrist and people do worship him. All right, and I know this because I talk to people in Europe all the time. They're singing to Obama, folks. Obama's down there smiling up at the car. He's standing at the limo. They're praising him.
2: They're praising him.
3: All right, now when you get your arms around that and you understand the Antichrist and the role of the Antichrist, that is a wow on a scale of 5,000. I'm sorry, scale of 1 to 10, it's a 5,000. But most people don't get it. And it's kind of sad. You know, it's one of those things where you share it on Facebook and nobody understands at all why you put it. You know, you say, wow, isn't this amazing? Because it's amazing on so many different dimensions. Not to mention that is probably one of the biggest confirmations we have gotten thus far of Obama being the Antichrist, other than the fact that he gave his inaugural speech in the Temple of Zeus inside the Broncos Stadium, which is right beside the most evil place on the earth, pretty much the Denver airport and the Horse of the Apocalypse and, oh my gosh, and swastikas in the shape of, you know, their their runways are in the shape of, I mean, it just keeps on going on and on. You could do a a, a three-hour Obama is the Antichrist show and you would not run out of material but there's so many people that are just they just yeah well you know, there's, it's, it's frustrating i mean the glenn beck bit that i was going to play glenn Beck, he's like he mentions like 50 different things that are going bad with the earth the supply chain how everything is breaking he he, he posits whether or not it can ever be recovered because of the deprecation level the level of the de- de- impact of the you know the amount that it's deprecated anyway the point is and then he says this is so frustrating and i was thinking to myself Dude, amen. <laughs> you know? uh, but I'll tell you, there's something else. I want to share this with you. Again, I know I played this for you before, but I'm going to play it for you again. It's a very short little ditty, but it's really, really important. Okay, hold on a second. No, nope. didn't take. Here it comes.
4: We all know, but still.
3: This is our buddy Klaus, okay? You know how much we all love Klaus Schwab, right? <laughs> okay. Right, he's like Satan incarnate almost. But you know, he's just a big Nazi meathead. But anyway, um, uh, the head of the World Economic Forum. I'm not going to get into all of that. It's a global satanic crime syndicate. That's what it is. Is running the world. There's too many entities of darkness and agencies that are involved in it. It's way worse than most people can even begin to think. And um, it's sad, you know, to listen to pundits like Glenn Beck and. Alex Jones and, and all of them, even though they're hitting the nail on the head, the problem that they don't – what they don't get is they don't get that this is the end. That's what they don't get. They don't get that we are already entered into the book of Revelation. We are deep in the Olivet Discourse right now. They don't get that. So they see us recovering. We're not going to. Now, I'm going to go ahead and play this just because it's very important for the next piece of information I'm going to share. Okay, so here we go. Klaus
4: pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison
3: Okay, okay. So... This is how they, these entities signal themselves. Now, they don't always – they can they can signal you know uh, 50 different threats, okay, and then they can cherry pick whichever one they want to. They don't always go with plan A, plan B, plan C. They can cherry pick, but I find it very fascinating that in concert with that statement that was uh, made quite a while ago, um, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, the posting of this on uh, YouTube uh, has a quarter of a million views and was November the 15th of 2020. 2020. Now then, so look at how much time has gone by since then. Now, next headline, directly related. Obama buys the Obamas, which is really uh, two men. <laughs> how simple is that? It's two men, Okay, Michael and uh, Barry Toro, who was born in the land of the Nubian pharaohs in Kenya. With a mother who was working at a CIA front, okay, who doesn't like women at all and is really big into LGBT, LMNOP and all that. That's why they're shoving it in her face. So it's not – this isn't – there's no – This is. this is just basically taking the most satanic, evil, sickening, literally – unbelievably – words can't describe. I would have to use a colloquialism that would not be appropriate for a Christian to use, which sometimes I slip and use anyways. But anyway, the point is um, uh, I would have to use one of those words to capture how sick and twisted and seething the evil is, and they're jamming it in our faces on purpose. Okay, but I'm not going to get into that. That's a whole other radio show. But uh, but the Obamas, uh, Michael and Barry, bought a 2,500 gallon propane storage facility for their quote vacation home in uh, Martha's Vineyard, and um, it is a mammoth mammoth mansion. Um, uh, now, why would they do that? Let's sh- review, shall we?
4: We all know, but still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison all right. <clears throat> All
3: right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And I'm going to blow through a few more headlines. And also, Sister Terry, I know you're holding on the phone because you're incredibly diligent and you don't miss a beat. And praise God for that. Hang in there for me. I want you, Terry, please. Uh, if the Holy Spirit leads you, I would like very much if 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 you can I know your schedule's your schedule, but if you can and you feel led uh, please go past the nine thirty mark and I'll go all the way up to ten o'clock p m if you want to that is east Coast time that would be three back that would be all the way to seven p m Pacific time praise God if you feel led, all right, but I'm, because I'm running behind on so much apocalyptic news, and I think I'm just going to have to bite the bullet, I don't like that term, but I'm going to have to use it, Uh, and I'm going to have to bite the bullet and convert the radio shows back into three-hour radio shows and move the guest segments so I have 90 minutes to do my part, 90 minutes for the guests, Uh, because it's, the two hours, it's just not, it's not cutting the mustard, there's too much apocalyptic stuff going on, all right, praise God, thank you, Jesus, so let's head on into the news. (laughs)
2: All
3: right, praise God. So, U.S. food market fires break out at another food processing plant. By the way, it's not just another; it's several others. Okay. And while I was finding this article out on the internet, the Lord led me to it. Um, I was on the commu- a live communication with a person who lives up in the Wisconsin area, and he was letting me know that there was a dairy facility. That was on fire as we were speaking. This was Friday, okay. Now, I you know, I couldn't find the headlines on it, but he he lives in the town, so he knew what was happening. All right. So anyway, um, by the way, I have a list in the show notes. If you feel so led, it's just on the link. It says show notes. I also have Terry Hill's uh, notes for tonight's show published on the Terry Hill link, and of course, her website is a word in due d u e season. Uh, dot com okay and she publishes that stuff and also you can get in touch with her for prayer and all kinds of things so praise jesus you definitely want to go to a word in season dot com praise god uh but anyway let me just share this with you listen to this i don't even know i'm gonna to have to read i can't read these all i can't read them all if i read them all it's going to take me probably 30 minutes to read through this do you know that i have ni- a list of 97 things Food processing plants that were burned down. But, it, but this list also includes the culling of animals, you know, turkeys being killed, chickens. We're talking about 58,000 turkeys. 118,900 turkeys in South Dakota were killed, culled. Why do you think our dog food is like insane, like four times more expensive than it was like you know, six months ago? It's absolutely insane. All right, so I wanted to call that to your attention. Oh, and also the cow thing. Now they're saying that the number of cows, it wasn't just the one Kansas farmer location that, that the cows died. Originally, they said it was 1,000 cows. It was this one farm in Kansas. However, uh, a, a person that lived there went over and talked to the farmer. And, and you know, of course, the, the news is saying it's a heat wave. It's a heat wave. Well, the farmer said this was no heat wave. So they poisoned them. I mean, it's as simple as that. You don't really have to think very hard about it. A UFO didn't come down and laser beam them all to death. They're killing the animals on purpose to starve us to death. That's exactly what they're doing. It's all part of this whole destroy the United States activity that, you know, and it makes absolute sense because it's 100% biblical. 100% biblical. Okay. Okay. You know, I used to always think it was a little bit weird that Jesus got on that donkey and rode it in uh, on, you know, what we call Palm Sunday and everything. And, um, uh, you know, but the Bible, and I thought it was weird that the Bible would say that Jesus got on the donkey for the purpose of fulfilling a prophecy. It was almost like it was leading. Well, look at what's happening today. All the prophecies in the Holy Bible are happening and and you know some people might say well that's just a bunch of satanic people that are trying to cause the great tribulation to come early that's not really god and i'm like whoopsie daisy do you really know who the lord is see daisy Okay, not sad. All right, so next one up. Hallelujah, here we go. Two-thirds of Americans say Bidenflation is eating through their savings accounts. (laughs) All right, I'm just going to blow through these real fast. You can draw your own conclusions in some of them. All right, listen to this. Giant hedge fund goes Soros on Bank of Japan, bets billions of dollars that Japan and the MMT Bank will break. So now they're actually hedge funds. They're they're betting. They're betting with what's called – it's where the term hedging your bet came from, but there's a way that you can bet, you know, using a stock market, you can bet that, that a bank will fail and um and then of course the way that you place your 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 buys uh, you'll make money off of their failure and that's what's happening right now all right next one up hallelujah all right praise God the epic times reports a great night big exclamation point Trump celebrates primary wins in Nevada North Dakota South Carolina now they're trying to put him in jail right now so you know there's a lot of weird stuff going on right now they're trying real hard with that fake you know January 6 nonsense um, so anyway Anyway, that that's just it's crazy what they're doing and I don't even want to get into that because another that's another six hour show. It really is. It's so unbelievable. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that because it, it so far it appears that Donald Trump, if he recommends somebody, people are following along. Then that's that's a big, big sign. Okay, next headline up. All right. William Barr, the Attorney General under Trump who I believe is an absolute traitor against the United States of America and ought to be imprisoned and that's up to our father, but I, he's not on my prayer list. Um, Barr's January 6th committee testimony provokes pushback from election watchdog group. Now, Barr, in the lying capacity and ignorance of his position, and I think it's intentional and I think he got paid off for it, is that he came, came out and said, I found
2: absolutely
3: no reason to think that there was any kind of fraud whatsoever during the presidential election. And I'm like, dude, if that's true, you got the, the intellectual capacity of a thumbtack, and you ought to just go retire and go hang out with the, uh, with, with, with the homosexuals at Martha's Vineyard. Good grief. But anyway, what's really interesting is this particular article says that this, um, this uh, watchdog committee or group b- believes that William Barr is absolutely wrong. And guess what they're pointing to? The movie 2000mules.com, the documentary, which is conclusive. I shared with you a little bit about that. And we have invited uh, Mr. D'Souza to join us on this program. It is a one in a bazillion chance that he would say yes. It went to a secretary. They're going to present it to him, and he will consider it. In the name of Jesus, Father, if it is your will, your will be done. Praise God. Next one up anti-vaccination advocate Simone Gold who doesn't know the head of uh you know the um uh the uh uh America's frontline doctors um she gets fired from her job uh, anyway I'm not going to go through the whole Simone Gold story but they put her in jail yeah, she made she she did an Alex Jones boo boo. She she took she didn't use her common sense and she took a megaphone into the Capitol complex during the false flag event, and so that gave them all they needed to toss her in jail for a while. So she's doing sixty days. At least it's only sixty days. Praise God for that. All right, next one up. Breitbart locked down forever. Health minister says that he may reintroduce forced mask wearing again. Pum pum pum. I wonder if I can sell seashells by the seashore and make enough money to pay my mortgage. Nah, then I won't be able to do my electric bill, and then I can't do the radio show, and then I can't pay Vlog talk radio. Oh, my goodness. It's just a big old domino. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Kansas heat wave kills around 10,000 fat cattle. So remember, it started out as 1,000. Well, what happened? They started to find – they got more reports and more reports and more reports and more reports from all over the place, and it turned out to be 10,000 cattle. It wasn't just the Kansas thing. And then um, they're all saying, no, it's not heat. They're killing them now. How they're doing it? I've even seen articles out there. It's like you know phased weaponry and plasma weapons, or that might be true, because they can just fly drones in some cases over the top of herds of cattle and probably kill them with those types of devices. Uh, So anyway, um, but yeah, somebody you know on. Twitter came forward and said that the farmer that he talked to that was the original farmer with, when they were you know, saying it was 1,000 and then it went to 3,000, now it's 10,000, but the farmer came back out and said, no way, this was not heat. Okay, They're killing them on purpose, folks. Not because they have to, not because of mad cow disease, none of that kind of stuff. They're just literally slaughtering them so that we starve. They're jamming the Great Tribulation down our throat. And it's way, way worse than we think it is. All right, praise God. Next one up. Belief in God, this is a report from a Gallup poll. Belief in God in the United States of America, Babylon, dips to an 81% new low. Did you hear that? Yeah. Next one up. Rising cost of living sparks massive protests. So now, if we don't have protests all over the world over, over a bazillion other topics, now we have worldwide protests in vast, in huge numbers uh, because of cost of living issues. Uh, Ecuador has massive ones that they're trying to control. Uh, now we got Ireland and the United Kingdom all people marching, in, excuse me, people marching in the streets, and that sandwich of Earl or whatever is trying to. Say something to the audience, so I'm going to have to watch myself. All right, next one up. Uh, Ecuadorian president declares state of emergency on a five-day anti-government protest. Dun, dun, dun. And, and, you know, if we know UK, Ireland, Ecuador, it's probably happening all over the place. And if France isn't protesting, then France isn't France. I mean, come on. <laughs> France is, you know, a day of no protest in France is like a holiday. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Anyway, next one up: dead little blue penguins keep washing ashore in New Zealand. Experts say it's climate change, uh, maybe to blame. And I'm like, uh, okay, so finally everybody's they woke up. It's climate change, but they still avoid the topic planet x no surprise there anyway if they they, look folks the in the state the state that the earth is in right now if anyone of if they literally release the information about aliens and planet x right now this entire everybody would just go into the streets and start killing each other i mean we're not dealing with especially intellectually capable people out there it is a very dangerous world that we live in all right next one up Australia's energy crisis worsens as governments ask people to keep the lights off to avert blackouts. By the way, that's coming our way. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's not going to blame it on energy, whatever. I think it's going to be cyber attacks, and I think it's going to be much more massive than people think. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. We are are teetering on the edge. Food shortages, worries mount as Pennsylvania farmers are crushed by record diesel prices. You don't think about that, do you, huh? How much it costs to run a tractor? The upper doodles, it's everything. It's just a big domino. Imagine, imagine a whole thing of bright red apocalyptic dominoes set on fire and somebody's just pushed them down. You know what his name is? Yahweh. Except, I don't think it's a pronounceable name. Uh, I, Chuck Misler used to crack me up with how he would try to pronounce it. It's kind of like trying to pronounce, you know, somebody's name in Iceland. You know, yeah. Have you ever seen that where they have like 75 consonants? Right, you know, J K L, you know, B D, you know, and they're all in a row. And it's like, how do you pronounce that? You know, it's 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 almost like an alien thing or something. I don't know. Maybe everything's alien. All right, next one up. Russia warned. Turkey that uh, if they start dorking around with Syria because you know Erdogan was going like hey man I I really don't like the Kurds and how they're behaving in Syria the problem with Syria is that Russia protects Syria not because they have any interest in their politics but because. It's a buffer zone. It's just like the the, 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 the Ukraine deal. It's like all of the Baltic states. Russia uses those as buffers to keep the medium-range nuclear-capable missiles away from being able to strike Moscow directly. They need them to be long-range ICBMs or something that they can shoot down. You get hear you know what I'm saying, so they got to protect all of the nations that surround their borders. That's what it's all about. But anyway, that's heating up. Erdogan, Turkey, threats. Uh, 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 is Israel taking out uh, the Damascus airport attacks? You know, because they're trying to stop Iran and blah 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 blah. And this is all part of the end times as well. Praise Jesus. All right, next one up. Julian Assange has no prayer against the Empire of Lies. And I was listening to a radio show. They just they're getting ready to deport him, to hand him over to the United States authorities after all of these years. That is a mistake because they will probably kill him. And this makes this deeply troubles me in regard to Trump because he had the opportunity to pardon him and he didn't. He pardoned his buddies. Floods and landslides claimed 90 lives and severely damaged more than 16,000 homes in Colombia. Colombia, South America. Another one, Ankara. Deadliest floods in recent memory. Probably forever. Probably forever. In where? Turkey. All right, next one up. Major baby formula plant hit by flooding and disrupted production. Okay, and it's it's, it's just it's, it's 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 domino effect. Montana City without water and treatment plant swamped by the Yellowstone National Park floods. Think about this. Water treatment plants are going down. Baby formula things over floods. Folks, oh, my gosh. Dozens dead. Millions stranded as floods hit Bangladesh, India and other places in the general region are getting body slammed. Listen to this. Czech Republic is under ice, a foot of ice. It looks like it snowed. It was hail. Oh, my. Uh, listen, water civil wars ahead. Major water cutbacks loom as shrinking. Colorado River nears um, its moment of reck- reckoning. Uh, they, they've got maps of the uh, – it's, it's so weird because it's all of the above. It's it's flooding. It's, it's dryness. It's, it's uh, no water. It's uh, fires. It's everything. Uh, Day Zero water crisis looms on South Africa's eastern Cape. Listen to that. Spain battles wildfires fueled by one of the earliest heat waves on record. Russia warns of potential gas disaster for Germany. That doesn't need warning. That's going to happen, period. They're trying to fire up their coal plants over there really fast. They're like going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, winter is coming, winter is coming, and they're sending, okay, uh, uh, now hear this. Anybody who's ever worked in the coal industry, rush over to, you know, blah, 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 blah. They're (laughs) just like, I don't blame them. All right, um, it's just too bad that they even listen to Obama. Seething evil. All right, next one up. You uh, EU citizens favor peace over punishing Russia. Of course they do. They want to be able to cook food. They're, they know. They can see what's coming. Let me tell you something. The Europeans are ten times more awake to things than the Americans are. I know. I've been there, and I'm telling you, it's amazing. All right, next one up. China plotting war of aggression in Taiwan. <laughs> that – you can see that one coming. Inflation hit Sweden in the highest – Highest rate in over 30 years. Folks, we're heading into the Great, Great Depression. It's going to make 1933. I have had people going, well, what, don't you think we were already at the end of the third seal? And I'm like, no, 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 no. You've got to study the Argentina uh, fi- financial collapse in 2001. When that occurred, there were bank runs. People were running through the streets. They didn't eat. They had, if they didn't have cash on hand. It was too bad. The ATM machines were shut down. The banks were shut down. Everybody lost millions and millions and millions of dollars in the economy. It was absolute chaos and mayhem, and that is what is coming to this country and all of the other ones. And Obama knows it because Biden can't even count the five right now unless they inject him with Ritalin. War-fueled food crisis adds to staggering numbers that, that are di- displaced to bars. Look, they gave a United States harpoon missile, a har- one of the most high-tech missiles ever created for the, for a Navy. Uh, and th- and I, I used to – I didn't work directly on the harpoons, but I walked by them like 50 times a day. And and the harpoons are – a boy, they are a dangerous, powerful missile. They, they go up into the sky, and they go right down the smokestack of the ship. And then they blow the ship in half and lift the ship out of the water, split it in half. And the ship comes back down in two pieces and goes down and sinks. And we gave harpoon missiles to the Nazis in the Ukraine. Do you think Putin might not like that? They just used it against one of his ships. Do you think it might escalate a little bit? And what if Putin really is sick and he dies and somebody takes over for him that's like 10 times more radical? And once the The all of the, they could just turn on their war machine and mow over Europe, literally just make make Nazi Germany look like it was a burp on the map, in a snap. All right, next, uh, especially with the technology that they got. All right, next one up. Michigan Democrats call for a drag queen on every school. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I guess nowadays we can. It's so sick and twisted. Next one up. FDA panel approves Moderna shots for vaccines for kids under five. Let's murder them all. Kill them all. Fatal brain disease linked to COVID jabs. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, Listen to this. CDC issues new guidance on monkeypox symptoms as the United States cases are ballooning. But it's worse than that. Turns out that the Wuhan lab had isolated virus strains related to monkeypox in 2021. Oh, my goodness. They had gain of function on monkeypox just like I predicted. Holy moly. Uh, we might as well just go buy masks and get some, I don't know, some maybe some carpet glue or something to just glue them to our face. Oh, God, I hate those things. Next one up. Gear grows over Iran's nuclear program as Tehran digs another underground tunnel. How do you, how long do you think it will be before Bennett decides enough is enough? A church shooter kills two, wounds one in Pullick, a, a diner in Alabama going to get a lot worse folks and on that note let's go ahead and bring on sister terry hill praise jesus and again terry take it all the way to seven if you feel led hallelujah all right here we go
4: Sister Terry, are you there?
0: Yes, I'm here, John. Can you hear me?
3: Yeah, you sound great. Praise God. I'm excited that you're joining us. I love your programs. God bless you. I hope you're hanging in there. I know we're all going through some pretty challenging things these days, aren't we? Oh, my goodness.
0: Yes, we are, John. We are certainly living in interesting times. That is for sure. So much happening all at once.
3: Yeah, it's over. It's overwhelming. Anyway, I'm going to turn it over to you because, you know, the, it, it's I can't keep up with all the apocalyptic news. It is absolutely amazing, but praise God. Um, and it's all yours. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Well, thank you for having me, John. And uh, I'd like to open if, with prayer if I could. Father, I thank you that today in the United States where we lived, it's called Father's Day. And so I want to dedicate this program to you, Heavenly Father. And I thank you for all the fathers who are listening, my brothers in in Christ. I thank you, of course, for my sisters in Christ. But, Father, I'm asking for your heart to be heard tonight. I am asking that you would speak to your children as only you can by the power of your Holy Spirit because of what your son Jesus has done for us. And I'm asking that you alone, sir, would receive all glory and honor and praise tonight in Jesus' name. amen and amen.
3: Amen. Praise God.
0: Oh, yes. And happy Father's Day, John. Happy Father's Day. My dear brothers, Uh, all of you who are dads, you know what? Thank God for you. Thank God for the, um, uh, the role that you have in the lives of your children. Thank God for the prayers that you have prayed for those children, because our Father has heard every single one of those prayers. And and I'm guessing, um, because my husband, who is also a father, uh, I'm guessing that you are praying probably harder and more than you ever have before, simply because of the days that we live in and because of the events that we're seeing, the climatic events, not so much that we're surprised by what we're seeing, but by the fact that things seem to be happening so quickly. Um, time is flying. Um, here we are in June, and I, I'm not even sure what happened to May. It, it just seems that time is really going by, and so um, anyway, we're asking our Father to help us to be good stewards of those of that time that He has given us. To Him be the glory. My goodness, where do I start? Uh, wow, the Lord is really shaking. The Father continues to clean house. I'm. Uh, I'm amazed at when he gave me, uh, when I kept hearing the word mountains coming up. This has been a couple of months now. So tonight, uh, this message is entitled, uh, They Met Him on the Mountains, Part 2. Um, there's just so many things that I see about uh, mountains in Scripture, actually, which are, in fact, kingdoms and governments of men. So certainly there are literal mountains, but in Scripture, it's important that we understand that they are symbolic. Of kingdoms and governments of men and they also point to the pride of man and by the way all of these kingdoms these um, different entities that are emerging kingdoms of men political systems economic systems uh, corporations and uh, world summit committees these are all kingdoms and every one of these kingdoms are coming down but what we must understand and I do believe that we all know is that father is allowing these things for his purposes. It is still day, and the Bible tells us we are to work while it is yet day because the night comes when no man can work. But what I'm continuing to realize is that our Father is really exposing things uh, in his own house uh, among those who profess to be Christians, and I'm seeing primarily also among evangelical groups, denominations uh the father is exposing things and i want to read something to you uh, out of ezekiel six uh two to four son of man set your face toward the mountains of israel now again mountains being kingdoms governments and also denominations okay so we're talking about nations and denominations and these include religious kingdoms uh, the Lord says in Ezekiel 6, set your face toward the mountains of Israel. And he's saying the idolatrous practices of the big ministries that I see. He said, prophesy against them and say to them, you mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God to the mountains and to the hills. Okay, and the hills can point to um Smaller nations also idolatrous practice to the rivers and to the valleys. He said, Behold, I am bringing a sword upon you, and I will destroy your high places. Your altars shall be desolate. Your images are going to be broken, and I will cast down your slain men before your idols. So, Again, when we're talking about mountains, um, we're seeing that these speak of kingdoms and nations and denominations and including these religious imaginations that man has set into play that certainly are not consistent with the character of the nature of our father. Uh, Also, um, in Ezekiel 34, um, uh, let's see, verses 5 to 10, and the Lord again is concerned about his own sheep. So I want to talk about that just a minute. He said, and they, God sheep, were scattered to different denominations and religious imaginations, okay? So we're talking about nations, imaginations, denominations, okay? They were scattered to different places because there was no shepherd. They became meat, in other words, food or spoil to the beast field. And those beasts of the field are demonic powers in the world system. He said, my sheep wandered from one kingdom of man to the other, and upon every high hill, and that again speaks of these idolatrous concepts of religious Babylon. He said they wandered. They went from one denomination to the next, one movement to the next, one church entity to the next. But the Lord says here, none did search or seek after them. He says, behold, I'm against the shepherds. I'm going to require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock for I will deliver my flock from their mouth. In other words, God's going to remove some pulpits from those. He said, that's enough. I've had enough that they may be meat for them. So when we think about what God has to say about mountains and, um, For those who were not with us last time, uh, again, I'm happy to send show notes to you uh, if you would uh, like to learn about the different kinds of mountains that were brought to my attention. Uh, We need to remember, too, that mountains also were places of idolatrous worship, and they can speak to us of great difficulties or obstacles. I know that every one of us faces obstacles and difficulty or that which seems to be impossible to men. Jesus talked about it in Matt 21, uh, State of the Mountain. And, beloved, let's remember that we serve a supernatural God and we are called to preach a supernatural message. That is the gospel of the kingdom. And we have been drafted into the realm of the impossible. Now, because we live in a fallen world and because we are watching the nations of the world in turmoil, because we are watching a beast system being constructed, we're seeing pieces coming together, and we are hearing daily on the news, okay, we are aware of the chaos and the fear and the control, all right, that the spirit of this world, certainly the enemy. Is wanting to use as a via fear, control, and uh, upheaval and chaos. And we're going to see more of that happening. But we're going to watch these things unfold, knowing that our God has called us with a supernatural purpose. Again, we've been drafted into the realm of the impossible. He is a supernatural God who gives power to his people, who has said, I've given you my name, my authority, nothing shall by any means harm you. So as we continue to listen to these measures that are actually draconian measures, some of these executive orders being passed and some other things uh, coming into play. Again, knowing that they're, this building of this kingdom, this final kingdom that's coming together, they are indeed promoting that transhumanism agenda. We can see it. They've been saying it through movies. They've been saying it uh, in many different ways, certainly through the media that is owned by the corporate elite. We're seeing the move toward international currency and law, international law. We're going to be seeing more lockdowns and censorship. Now, we know These things have existed, but again, they're going to be clamped down to achieve their purposes. Uh, We know about this orchestrated economic collapse, all right? We're seeing these nations coming together as one. We are seeing the creation of food shortages. These things, as John pointed out, um, these processing plants and crops and livestock, um, there is going to be disease and poisoning and certainly... They have weather manipulation, machinery, we know about that, uh, control of the distribution of goods, uh, engineered pandemics, destructive weather patterns, and the and the list goes on and on and on. And we see this, and um, I don't know about you, but for myself, friends, I have to stay in the word of God. And, and so what I do is I'll say, now, Father, I'm asking, please show me. What do I listen to today? What do I study? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? If I have errands to do, where do I go? What exactly do you want me to get today, Father? So, again, I'm having to ask him day by day because, beloved, there are perilous times out there, and 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 we are hearing of people. God is taking some of his family members home. I mean, and they haven't it, – apparently it seems like they don't perhaps live out their full age. If you think of uh, 70-something, 80, 90 years as being full age, I'm coming to realize that according to Matthew 57, the righteous are going to be taken uh, because of God is going to spare them from things to come. So the reason I'm saying that is every day counts. Every day we want to commit into our Father's hands. Every day we want him to understand that his kingdom is coming, and right now that kingdom is within us. Okay, and um, I'd like to read something to you also as we're talking about mountains. I want to read to you out of Isaiah 40 starting at verse 9. Isaiah says, Get yourself up to a high mountain, O Zion, bearer of good news. Lift up your voice mightily, O Jerusalem, you bearer of good news. Lift it up and do not fear. Amen. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with might, with his arm ruling for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. Now, I also want to take you into the book of Revelation and read something to you. And I've shared this before, but I think it's important that we do this again. John was talking about um, mysteries earlier in the program. And I'm kind of one of those curious people, too. I asked the father. Would, would you please show me things that are hidden when you know I need to know them? And this is kind of how I have prayed for actually a couple of decades now. And in the book of Revelation, in Revelation 1, verse 1, I want to read this to you. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his bondservants. Now, I've spoken about this before, but I believe it's um, appropriate to bring it up again. Um, New Testament writers declared themselves to be bond servants, and we know from the book of Exodus that a bond servant is voluntary. A bond Being a bond servant was something a person would confess publicly. They became a bond servant out of love for their master, and basically they became that master slave. They gave up everything because they loved their master and wanted to stay with that master all the days of their lives. And so in Exodus 21, 5 and 6, you can read about the voluntary love slave, okay, who confesses allegiance to his master. But what John is saying in Revelation 1, 1, he said, God gave these things to his servants, okay, the things which must shortly take place. And he sent and he communicated it by his angel to his bondservant, John. So let me just comment a little bit about this because we do want to know that which is coming. We have asked the Father to please show us that which is coming, and he has put those things into his word, but what I'm finding is that I can read something and go back and study it, and I will see things that I had not for, or I will tune in to perhaps a message that the Father will allow me to listen to, and it will bring some illumination on the word of God. Okay. So John was shown five things. And again, those of us who have laid down our lives, who consider ourselves to be bond servants as John was, then this applies to us because John says right here, this is for all of those who love him, for all of his bond servants. In Revelation 1.1, the word says that he was shown things which must shortly come to pass okay in revelation 4 1 he was shown things which must be here after in the future revelation 17 1 it says i'm going to show you the judgment of the great whore that sits on many waters okay revelation 21 9 he says come here i'm going to show you the bride the lamb's wife and finally, in Revelation 22:6, he says, "I'm going to show you the things which must shortly be done." And so when I sit and I look at that and I realize that these mysteries and understanding is given to those who fall into this category of what we call bond servants or love slaves, the Lord Jesus will show us those things that are shortly to come to pass so that we would know how to prepare our lives, how to set things in order. Uh, how to do what we can practically to be prepared. Um, Personally, some close friends, several close friends of mine have moved out of state already. And I'm saying this to say that the father is um, definitely connecting people supernaturally. And he's moving them to places, I believe, not just for their own safety, but I also believe that there are going to be people fleeing to different places when certain events begin to happen. So when the Lord said to John, I'm going to show you things which shortly will come to pass or that which will be in the hereafter in the future, you know, the future can be next month or the future can be five years from now. So what I'm saying is we can expect if we're walking with the Lord, if we're asking him to give us eyes to see, ears to hear, If we're paying the price now to get oil in our lamps, and again, that oil is that which is given by the Holy Spirit to illuminate the scriptures. It's that which separates the wise and the foolish virgins. They all had oil to begin with, but it was the wise who had paid the price for the oil in advance because they were walking with the Lord. They had been awakened. They're trimming their lamps, and they're now saying, by the grace of God, Father, help me to see by the Spirit. Give me your perspective, Father. And um, another thing John had mentioned early tonight, that um, thing to share um, a little family situation, um, John had mentioned that he had heard about twins, how much they're like, but he had never been around twins before. But I just wanted to share something that I think is relevant uh, uh, with our family and with this message. Um, Many years ago, I think it's been like three decades, quite a long time, our son Brian married an identical twin. And when he married his wife, Kara, who is an identical twin, what we didn't know and found out later is this identical twin of Kara's was actually a mirror image twin and what that means is that they are determined they look so much alike i don't know exactly the um the facts about conception or how the egg splits or how that works but a mirror image twin is someone who looks so much like they look so much like each other you can barely distinguish them i can remember when our son was dating um, our daughter-in-law at that time that when we met the sister we literally could not tell them apart their hair was the same their voice inflections were the same their mannerisms were the same their voices were so much alike that it took it um it took time for us to even tell them apart now i bring that up to say this in god's kingdom and among our brothers and sisters in christ friends we can have unity but there are still varied expressions of that unity. In other words, even though our daughter-in-law and her sister, who look so much alike and have, are very much alike, they talk alike. they It's almost like they finish each other's sentences sometimes. It's actually scary. They almost know if someone's having a bad day, they'll call them up, and it just happens to be that the sister was having a bad day. So they're very, very close. But I said that to say that even though We are very much alike. In other words, we're all distinct, but we all reflect Christ. We're still going to have different expressions of how we perceive uh, different things in the word of God. Um, Certainly, we're going to agree on the essentials of the faith. Certainly, we're going to be in agreement on the elementary doctrines and that which outlines our faith uh, and the, the basic elements. For example, repentance from dead works right, that's part of the elementary doctrine, Um, faith toward God, doctrine of baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment, these are foundational elementary teachings, and um, the Apostle Paul in his book in the Hebrews said we have to go on from these things, we have to go beyond the basic principles of the doctrine of Christ, okay, we have to go on to perfection and maturity, and if we are mature, if we are maturing in Christ, we may really look alike in many ways and have um, the same ideas, but we're because we're in different places in our walk and we're going to have different perspectives, we may not be exactly alike in some other areas that are non-essentials of the faith. So the reason that I said that is because the enemy is working so hard to divide, let's be very generous and patient with our brothers and sisters in Christ who may not agree with us on every little thing. Let's embrace them and, in our maturity, um, thank them from their perspective. Now, the scripture that I read to you earlier about getting up to a high mountain, basically what my understanding is, when the Lord is showing us or saying, come up, to the high mountains, I believe he is talking about Mount Zion. And this is what John talked about. John saw some things, okay? He saw the judgment of the great whore. He saw the bride, the lamb's wife. He saw things which shortly must be done. And so as John was able to see these things, he heard that voice, come up hither, come hither. What, what the angel and what the Spirit of the Lord was saying to him through the angel is, come closer, John. I want to show you from that place, that very high mountain called Zion, what exactly is coming. I want to show my people, my bond servants, those who love me, who have laid down their lives for me, who are carrying their cross because they are seeing a city And builder whose maker is God I want to show you exactly what the bride looks like and if I show you what the bride looks like then you will recognize the one who is the counterfeit who is not the bride and if I show you what the great whore looks like and the attributes of this harlot of this woman who sits on many waters then you will know you don't want to go there. You don't want to set foot into those assemblies and that woman that sits on the seven mountains, okay? There are going to be things that our Father is going to show us for our own protection. Now, Revelation um, tells us that the beast carries a woman, okay, the great whore, and this woman is a great city, uh, Babylon, Genesis eleven four, which sits upon seven mountains. So This could apply to Rome, okay? So seven mountains could apply to the city of Rome, but I believe it also has other applications. So as I talk to you about these things, you perhaps would say, oh, no, it's only Rome, or perhaps you have a different opinion, and that's okay. But what I'm suggesting and saying is that if we understand the Lord is saying, come up into a high place, come up into the mountain, to the place, where I sit, and you might say, well, Sister Terry, how do I do that? I mean, John was called up. You know what, let me just share some thoughts with you if I could do that because I don't have the answers, but I can share something that maybe would be helpful to you. I've asked the Lord. This is what I try to do. I said, Father, you know what I need to see. You know what I need to know that is relevant, For my life, my husband's life, my children and grandchildren, where I live, what I do, how I spend my time. And so for my particular assignment, where I live, in the family where I am placed, there are things that I need to know. There are people whose lives I speak into. And so, Father, if you know I need to see these things, could you please tell me? I want to share with you uh, a dream that I had. This was several years ago. Um, And I did share this with John some time ago I'm guessing it was 30 years ago maybe 25 30 years ago I can remember falling asleep and literally believing I was lifted up and I left the earth now as I left the earth I found myself sitting on what looked like a bobsled now I know that sounds crazy I've never been on a bobsled before But as I was sitting in the back of the bobsled, I knew there was somebody in front of me, and all I knew, oh, I have an angel with me. In the dream, I knew I had an angel with me. I was sitting on some kind of a bobsled, and he had some kind of, um, it's like a scroll in his hand. This was a dream, a scroll in his hand. And this was something he was giving to me in the dream. Now, as we flew up, this thing literally flew in a, in a moment of time, I realized it looked like a high, snow-capped mountain. Now, what I also knew is that the snow was not cold. So in this dream, I knew that I was taken somewhere and In the dream, I knew that there was a deed, a scroll, if you will, maybe a little bit of God's word or a message that I was to be given. And as it was given to me, I looked down at my feet. Now, I know this sounds strange because I began to descend back to earth. I looked on my feet, and I had on my feet white, glistening shoes. They looked actually like ballet slippers. Um, but they were perfectly fit uh, to my feet. I understood that I was given some kind of orders and that the person who took me to this place took me to a very high mountain. I knew it was very high, and I knew it was joyous, and it was wonderful. And as quick as it happened to me, there I was back in bed. I woke up, and this dream was over. Now, because I knew how I was praying, Father, you know what I need to know. You know the assignment that you've given me. I don't fully understand it, but please help me to be equipped. Uh, please help me to understand. Like And then John said, uh, he, the, the angel said, I'm going to show you some things. I'm going to show you what's going to come to pass. I'm going to show you some things that are going to be in the future, close future, distant future. I'm going to show you what that judgment of the great whore looks like. I'm going to show you what the bride looks like. And I'm going to show my servants, again, bond servants, that which is going to shortly be done. So as I was thinking about what John was shown as he was on the island of Patmos, and I thought to myself, you know, Father, you know what I need to know. You know what mysteries are important that I understand. And the reason that I'm sharing with, this with you is because I began to understand that the key to hunger the key to understanding when i pick up the word of god and i begin to read father please explain this to me by your spirit because i don't understand it if there are things that i'm not getting would you please show me in a dream or in a vision if you choose to I, i'm i'm not going to dictate how you speak to me but you know beloved when i was even just preparing this message on the mountains uh, the holy spirit reminded me that On the mountain, right, um, we think about how God visits his people, how he visits the earth. The Bible tells us, talks a lot about the dew, D-E-W. And we know that the dew is daily, okay? Every day when we wake up, there's moisture on the grass and the little flowers. There's that dew. Now, we know that rains are seasonal, okay? Floods are occasional, and we're hearing about floods right now. But the Holy Spirit brought me back. To the dew on the mountain, the snow that I saw, the dew. He said, Terry, remember every day I have nourishment for you, I have refreshment for you from my spirit through my word as you spend time with me. And beloved, then he said to me, Mountain Dew, the original Mountain Dew. Hallelujah. Now we know that's a drink, right? And I'm not necessarily endorsing Mountain Dew, but that's how he said it to me. If you come to me daily, I'm going to take you up higher. I'm going to show you some things, and I'm going to show you also that those high powers that are meeting now, these world economic summits. Actually, in scripture um, and during um, Old Testament um, uh, meetings, we can read about these high powers called summits, okay? So in biblical days, these mountains were actually the center of a civilization's spiritual community, and they were known uh, as places of idolatrous worship. Uh, There were portals there. Uh, But God says, I'm bringing a sword against all these mountains. So I thought, all right, Father, show me how to spend my time. What does my focus have to be for the work you've called me to do? He also spoke to me about the mountain of Samaria. Now, um, in Amos 6.1, the Lord says, Woe to those who are at ease in Zion, and they trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief among the nations. Now, if we don't understand what was really going on in Samaria, or how God said that Samaria actually was the crown uh, of Israel's pride, it would be helpful to know something about Samaria. So I, I just need to interject something, because this applies to us today. Um, if you recall, uh, Jesus met the woman of Samaria at the well. I want to just quickly show something to you because again i believe this applies to us in john's gospel chapter four uh, a woman of samaria uh came to jesus and in verse seven of john four jesus says to her give me a drink uh the disciples had gone away and it was astonishing to this woman of samaria she said in verse nine how is it you being a jew are asking me for a drink since I'm a Samaritan, and the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And besides the fact she was a woman, all right, so she was pretty astonished that he would even give her the time of day, let alone ask for a drink. So he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would give you living water. And because of her natural understanding, her mindset, she says, you don't even have anything to draw with. The well is deep. How then do you get living water? And then in verse 12, she says, you're not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us this well, and he drank from it himself and his sons and his cattle. Verse 13, Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water, from this well, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Verse 15, the woman says, Sir, give me this water so I won't be thirsty, nor do I have to come all the way here to draw. Now we see in verse 16, um, the Holy Spirit is giving Jesus a word of knowledge about this woman. Notice he says, Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answers and said, I have no husband. And he says to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. Now notice how it shifts here. The woman says, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. Now notice, we're talking about mountains here, okay? She said, our fathers worshipped in... This mountain, so this would be the mountainous area of Samaria. So here's a Samaritan woman, and she is equating worship and water and so on and so forth with this mountain. And she says, you people say that Jerusalem is the place where men should worship. Jesus says, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither in this mountain, in other words, in the mountain of Samaria or in Jerusalem, you shall worship the Father. You worship that which you don't know. We worship that which we know. The hour is coming when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people seek to be his worshipers. And I love this. Verse 25. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming. And he who is called Christ, when that one comes, he will declare all things to us. What? the Lord say to John on the island of Patmos so I'm going to show you everything you need to know when you need to know it and you will understand it and you will know that I am he now notice in verse 26 I love this Jesus said to her I who speak to you am he she was equating again worship with a mountain now I want to comment a little bit about samaria because it's important for us to know um because one of the um part of the commission that jesus gave to the disciples in acts 1 8 he said i want you to go into first jerusalem judea and samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth now if you were a jew at the time of jesus in your mind you wouldn't even pass through Samaria. As a matter of fact, um, the Jews hated the Samaritans so much that they actually literally would cross the Jordan River rather than travel through Samaria. So I did a little study about Samaria. Samaria speaks to us about individuals who perhaps have started in faith, but what happened is there's a mixture now. And the Samaritans at that time And how it applies to us Actually points to apostasy The kings and the princes Of God's people who literally Set up the idolatry of the Golden calves okay So um, The Samaritans and Samaria As a region it was significant Because it was synonymous with The northern kingdom And that would be like a type Of what we would call the evangelicals Or the Pentecostal realm And the New Testament uh, Is It was known as an idolatrous area. The Jews would completely avoid it. But when we're talking about mountains and we're talking about high places and nations and denominations, we see that um, the Samaritans literally were called considered half-breeds. So they were half-Jew and their ancestors were Assyrians. So they brought with them um, some of the idolatrous practices and Specifically, they brought in golden calves. Now, I don't have time to go there right now, but the reason I'm talking to you about this is that Jesus took the time to share with this woman, I am he, and when the disciples came back and they saw him talking to her and they saw her response and how she immediately left her water pot, went and told the other Samaritans, they literally came to him. And it was this hunger, all right, from these people who were considered half-breeds, and the Jews felt they were below them. In other words, um, there certainly there was an understanding of why they didn't pass through, but in their mind, they were a lower class, okay? They were half-breeds. But in John's gospel, uh, because of her testimony, She goes and she says, I've met someone who's told me everything about you. The disciples come back and he said, Jesus is saying my food is to do the will of him who sent me because the whole thing, the reason they left was to get food. But it's interesting. In verse 39, because of this woman's testimony, it says many in that city believed in Jesus because of the word of that woman. He told me everything I've done. So when the Samaritans came to him, this is the point that I'm making. Those that generally perhaps we wouldn't want anything to do with, perhaps their beliefs are different, um, or maybe they've gone off into error, or they um, there's a mixture. And friends, this is everywhere. We need to understand this mixture has invaded the church. There is heresy. There's a spirit of error. There is false doctrine. And because jesus said i'm going to send you to those places jerusalem judea samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth in john's gospel here they said we have heard for ourselves we know this one is indeed the savior and they actually implored him and they said please come and stay with us it literally was the hunger of these people who were in error, okay, but Jesus went there and ministered to them, and many Samaritans came to pri- to Christ. So I wanted to just interject because when we think about who we think we should be sharing the gospel with or who we think is worthy to hear our testimony in our own mind, basically what it comes down to is pride, and God wants pride out of us. You know, the Samaritans, they called themselves uh, the Samaritan was, or Samaria was Israel's crown of pride, okay? But in their minds, they were thinking they were better. But I think it's important for us to understand, uh, no matter who we run into, no matter who we talk to, whatever their background is, if their belief system is different than ours, beloved, all we have to do is share our testimony, what Jesus has done for me. He told us how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. But sometimes even in that unity, we in our minds think, well, I won't cross this line. I can't go there. I can't do that because I don't agree eye to eye. The Bible also says how lovely on the mountains are the feet of him that bring good news. So he's sending us to the nations, all right? He may be just sending you to your neighbor, your neighborhood, your workplace. But tonight, Via Block Talk Radio, we are going to nations and the kingdom of God, God's kingdom, Mount Zion, is above. It is eternal. It is also um, known as Mount Hermon, okay? It's a mountain of light, and if it is a mountain of light, That is the place where mysteries are explained. That is where the truth of God's word is uncovered. While as we spend time with him and meditate in his word, as we pray, as we share, as we do what the Father asks us to do, as we pay a price for that oil, as we come together then with him and we are with him and with one another sharing the word, The oil then is being supplied to us, and he, in fact, then illuminates the scriptures, and we're going to see things we never saw before. We may have a dream that will help to put things into pieces. We may have a a word of knowledge that comes, just a flash, a vision, you know, and God speaks to many of us in different ways, but if we understand that Zion is the highest mountain, it's also speaks of an order of people in the church and the fact that Jesus invites his beloved to look from the top of the mountain, okay, in Song of Solomon, he's saying, if you can see where I sit, who I am, what this whore Babylon looks like, what the bride looks like, because I'm going to show her to you, I'm going to show you the counterfeit, I'm going to explain my word to you and help you to understand that as you obey the Great Commission, as you go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth, all I'm asking you to do is share your testimony, share the basic gospel message. All right? And so because I know many people and some um have truly embraced the seven mountain mandate. I know that um depending on what circles you move in because God has put me in a lot of different places, I think it's important to understand that the NAR proponents, which is New Apostolic Reformation, uh they teach this seven mountain mandate, okay? But the problem here is that Jesus never told us that we must take dominion over the world's systems, okay? The seven mountain mandate is not scriptural. It is not biblical, okay? And these seven mountains that they say the church must conquer, in fact, they have one of them was quoted as saying they must cast we must cast the devils out of these seven mountains and systems, which is false being education, religion, family, business, government, arts, entertainment, and media, okay? We don't take controls of these spheres of influence. We don't take over society, okay? Jesus told us that the meek shall inherit the earth, but that's when he returns with his saints. Jesus is going to squash and put down every kingdom, every movement, Every nation, everything is going to be subjected to his rule. The meek shall inherit the earth. Not It does not say that the meek shall inherit the cosmos, the present world order. We're not called to change this. This seven mountain mandate is non-biblical. Now, for those of you who know that, thank you for bearing with me. But this has permeated our culture in the Christian churches, all right? And if we understand that in Mount Zion, which is the highest mountain, it is the kingdom that will never end, this is the realm of God's scepter, beloved. This is where his justice and his mercy are extended. Now, we who are walking in this fallen world, who are having to endure the ungodliness, the violence, the discrepancy, And the things that we see here, all of us would like to see justice, right? When we hear about things happening, um, um, people being put in jail who are not guilty, others who are let go who should be incarcerated, we must understand that when the king returns, the king himself will set up the kingdom, okay? We are here to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are here to remind one another that the days are short. We each have an assignment. We each have been given gifts. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the power in the name of Jesus Christ. And in obtaining these promises, obtaining kingdom promises, involves leaving everything behind to follow him. That's what a a bondservant does. That's what a, a love slave does. And we know that the scribes and the Pharisees have shut up the kingdom of heaven against men amen now his kingdom presently is within us right and it has no end but we don't set up the kingdom Matthew 25 34 tells us it's already prepared for us share this um, some thoughts with you about the kingdom within us beloved because as you step foot into the supermarket as you pick up that phone call and you and you conduct business, as you go places, as you mingle with the population, as you talk to people, we need to understand signs and wonders will follow us. They do follow us. But we also must understand signs and wonders are not our pursuit, okay? When Jesus taught, um, he healed people. There were The food uh, was multiplied. Bread and fishes were multiplied. But again, as we go, let me tell you, God will put his stamp on your obedience when you go where he tells you to go. Do what he tells you to do because the greatest proof of kingdom power, and we're talking about power. We live in a culture um, where people want power, but the meek have that power under control. They're not seeking power. They're seeking to please the Father. There's a difference there. Okay, so the pursuit is not signs and wonders and power, okay? Because we know that Antichrist and his system has these things, okay? What he will work in and through us as we walk with him is that there will be a victorious, overcoming lifestyle of faith and obedience. There will be power and dominion taken because you carry the cross over the flesh, Because if we can keep that flesh subdued as we take up that cross and deny ourselves, purity begins to grow. So purity in the life and overcoming of temptation is proof of kingdom power. People are looking at our lives, friends. You know, they'll look at you and say, how do you do what you do? How is it, John, that you can work the hours you do and you have a show? Uh, two and three times a week, you do recordings. How is it that you can endure uh, Terry and Bud through and even succeed in 47, 48 years of marriage and you still love each other, you're still best friends? How is it? It's because when Jesus is at the center, he gives us a sound mind, all right? And it flows with truth and revelation not tradition. People are tired of tradition. They're tired of the hypocrisy they see. And may God rid us and cleanse us of all hypocrisy. They want to know and see, how do you do what you do? How is it that you can go here and do this on your income, with your resources, with what you know or what you don't know, who you know or who you don't know? Because God sovereignly and divinely connects us with people and he brings in supernatural supply. Beloved, I don't know how we do what we do, but God supplies because we've been drafted into the realm of the impossible and God just pays the bills. He shows up. He has us meet people and we go places. We're able to do things because God is orchestrating things behind the scene because we live and move in a kingdom that this world can't see. Okay, the kingdom of God is at hand. And even though his power and dominion will be seen later in the earth and the universe, because we don't see that yet, we need to know that if our mind is sound and we have peace of mind, and oh my goodness, do we ever have to guard that peace. Amen, got to guard that peace. Guard our minds and our hearts in the midst of confusion and trials when you don't know what tomorrow holds. When you don't know where you're going to go, go, how you're going to meet those bills, how you're going to take the next step in fixing this family issue that you might be facing, what your next step will be in your business, what your next step will be in your ministry, if we're willing to lay our life down as a sacrifice on behalf of others, beloved, that is proof of kingdom power and God shows up. I don't know how he does it, but he is so incredibly faithful because we've been drafted into the realm of the impossible because we serve a supernatural God who called us. We didn't call ourselves. We can't take credit for anything. Even repentance is a gift of God. Any gift or talent or resource or understanding, intellect, IQ that you may have is all a gift of God. Uh, You may be highly educated, or you may have little education. But what my experience has been, and the people my husband and I have met, we see some outstanding, remarkable things happen in the lives of people that you'd look at that are so simple, it's though they have nothing. But God moves in miraculous ways to meet their needs. I have found that to be the case. Wow, God, you knew that bill was due. Father, you knew this situation would come up with our relatives. You knew this ministry um, challenge that I'm facing. I'm asking you would step in. And so, beloved, as we're willing to lay down our life and stay focused on the word of God, because so many voices are contending for our attention, right, but God is making room. Let me just say this again. God is making room in you and in me to enlarge our hearts through the trials that we're going through, to learn compassion, to allow to be touched with the things that touch our brothers and sisters and the lost around us, friends. You know, when you're talking with somebody for a few minutes um, and if you're really transparent, they're going to know if you're real. They're If you're willing to be transparent and honest with them and say, let me just share with you, how I failed, but how God helped me. Let me just share with you how Jesus revealed himself to me. You know, I'm thinking because I was raised in Catholicism, both of my parents were Catholic, strong, practicing Catholics, went through Catholic school. And I remember sitting in Catholic church one day and just praying, oh, God, I want to be a saint. I wanna be a saint like these statues of these saints that I see in this big church and I remember crying out to God, I'm seven or eight years old and Jesus rescued me from a mixture where there's idolatry, where the sacraments are taught to be the way of salvation and nothing about being born again. Jesus revealed himself to me just like he came and he revealed himself to this woman of Samaria. She was involved in a mixture. She understood some things. When the Messiah comes, he's going to explain these things to us. But he meets us right where we're at. He will meet you right where you are at. You might think, well, I have to have my act together. I have to fix this. I have to do that. I mean, God, you can't use me until I fix this or I become more like this person. Or No, you need to understand that God has invested His Son in you, beloved. And the kingdom of God, if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, is within you. And that new man, okay, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Mount Zion, you are a citizen of Mount Zion. Hebrews talks about that. We've come to Mount Zion. These other kingdoms that you hear about on the news, these kingdoms that you see and you read about and you hear about who... Are exalting themselves in the face of the people, the globalists and the elites. What they say they plan to do. I'm telling you what. When he sets his foot down, these mountains and hills are going to melt before him. Let me tell you, we have a king who is coming back. I want to read this to you out of Micah 1:37. It says, "For behold." The Lord is coming forth from his place. He will come down and tread on the high places of the earth. The mountains are going to melt under him. The valleys are going to split like wax before the fire, like water is poured out down a steep place. Beloved, he is coming down, and he's coming down first in judgment as he continues to judge his house. Judgment begins at the house of God. That's you and me individually and corporately right amos 6 1 woe to those who are at ease in zion so our brothers and sisters among us who have fallen back to the practices and the ways of the of the earth and of the world who either because of uh, pain or loss or anger or frustration they're mad at god they're mad at so and so because life is hard beloved he's going to allow us to experience some hard things. So when we meet these precious people who have walked with Christ but have fallen back, because God says here, woe to those who are at ease in Zion, who feel secure in the mountain of Samaria. Uh, basically, the Lord is saying, I'm coming to judge my house, and boy, is He doing it. He is exposing big time. So beloved, we walk closely with Him. We stay with Him. Father, help me to guard my health, my heart. Lord God, help me. Not to grieve your Holy Spirit. And God definitely, most certainly, is impressing upon me. I am dealing with the shepherds because um, he says, I'm going to clean house. He's going to clean house, so he's coming to each of us privately. All right? He's going to help set our lives in order, Terry. our houses in order, our Terry. priorities in order. Hallelujah. Yes, John?
3: Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. For those of you, go Terry's ahead. going to go Terry's going to go over time. So for those of you who are listening to the live stream through a web browser or through a mobile device, now would be a good time. Sometime in the next nine minutes, uh, you would want to dial 319-527-6020. Again, 319-527-6020. And you would be able to hear her go after the show drops from the live stream over the internet, which will be in approximately almost exactly 10 minutes from right now. I just want to let you know, because if you dial in after nine thirty Eastern, you will get rejected. The the system will cut you off. But if you dial in early, you will be able to listen to Terry continue live uh, over the phone. Just letting you all know. Sorry, Terry, go ahead.
0: Oh, no. Thank you, John. That's great. I'm, Wow, it's like I feel like I'm on a roll. Holy Spirit just wants to encourage our brothers and sisters tonight. So thank you. You know, when we talk about Zion, again, it's our home, beloved. We are pilgrims and strangers in the earth. We're just passing through. Uh, We're being prepared for eternity. Certainly, the millennial reign is coming. And we're going to be given new bodies, beloved. Jesus is going to give us completely sanctified new bodies and those who overcome are going to rule and reign with Christ. Zion, according to Psalm Psalm 65, one, it's the realm of perfection. Now, this is how I talked to the Lord. I said, you know, Lord, I understand that word perfect in scripture. As I've looked it up, it means complete, mature and whole. And I say to him, I said, you know, father, I don't know how to change myself. I don't know how to be more effective a more effective and useful tool in your hands, because I know I'm nothing. I, I mean, I already know that. But what I do know is you have a great love for the lost. You're not willing that any should perish. So, Father, please help me to be bold and to speak out when you tell me to speak out to strangers. And I enjoy talking to strangers. I'm not, It's a blast. I I never know where the conversation is going to go or how it's going to end. but Beloved, I'm sensing, the Holy Spirit is saying, just open your mouth, just share your testimony. Tell them what I've done for you. Like the Samaritan woman who the disciples wouldn't have the time of day for. Let me tell you, Jesus has the time of day for any one of us. He has the time of day for any stranger that you or I will meet, or even in your own brokenness today, you may be aware of your own failure, and you might be saying, why would God even want me? Why would he even choose to use me, let alone even want me? Beloved, you need to know how precious you are to him. You need to know that there are are people in the earth now, the body of Christ, who care about you and love you, who want to walk with you, pray with you, stand with you, and they're not going to judge you because, beloved, we've all missed the mark. Every single one of us has missed the mark. His kingdom is not based upon talk or only words, but it's power. It's power to overcome these obstacles that we run into every day. It's peace of mind when people are losing their mind. It's purity in our life when we're being bombarded by um, uh, a perversion and immorality that is far beyond anything I've ever seen or known. It is absolutely astounding. It is possible to walk in purity, beloved, in the mist and in the um, the muck and the mire of this earthly realm where everything is being bombarded with immorality. It is absolutely possible. So we need to share with people, Jesus can come and make you new. He is the way and the truth and the life. Now, when we meet people where they're at, when God gives us ears to hear them, because Jesus knows how to hear from the father. So we can be asking him, father, please, if you would give me a word of knowledge about this person, I'm open to hearing it. If there's something that you know about this person that I can share to pique their attention, just like it was with Jesus. He said, yeah, the one you're living with now is not your husband. And you've had five. That's called a word of knowledge. And so, These gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation if we ask him to fill us daily, if we put on that armor of God, knowing we're putting on the very righteousness of Christ. It's not my righteousness, beloved. It's his, all right? Now, he expects a righteous behavior and righteous lifestyle, but if I know and understand, it's not about me anyway. If I know and understand, it's not about a ministry. It's not about a church. It's about Jesus himself, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who kingdom is eternal, all right? When we think about a governmental company of full-grown sons, because he tells us in his word, he's going to have a people that rule and reign with him. He tells us that there are promises for the overcomer. So you may run into or have a conversation with a brother and sister that says, you know, I'm not getting the victory over such and such a sin. If we can be Faithful if people can confide in us and know that it's not going to go any further friends We got to be really careful Just because Jesus shows us something when someone confides in us does not give us liberty to share it We have to be really careful and guard our tongue guard our our hearts guard our mouths You know when Jesus spoke to the church of of um, Ephesus, okay They had left their first love all right, now, if you were raised in a um, religious environment like I was, perhaps you were raised in church or in some kind of a cult or um, in some sort of a sect of Christianity, let me put it that way, um, People, church people understand attendance. But what happens, people get stuck doing works. And Jesus said, you know, you need to repent. You need to do the first works. You need to be restored to your first love something happens when he's no longer our first love and that if we can show them you know that spouse that left you that friend that said they were a friend and now they're no longer your friend if we can show them that the God we serve is closer than any spouse we would ever have that he's a friend that will stay with us he's closer than a brother he absolutely is on our side but he's He puts down his terms. He said, "If you're going to be my disciple, you have to lose your own life. You have to forsake everything. Take up your cross and follow me." So, but the promises, beloved, if you—if we can show them heaven, if we can show them God's eternal city, that it is present, that it's the hope of the, the throne of God, it is the realm and the kingdom of His scepter, where there will be justice one day, where there is mercy. It's beauty, it's fullness, it's a realm of perfection. The songs of Zion are sung there. It's the resting place of the ark. It's climbing a mount of separation and asking him to take us higher. Draw me closer, Lord, put a hunger in me so that I can see you like John did, so I can see the things that John saw. Beloved, when we run into people that are discouraged because people have failed them, Every one of us has, has been violated in some way or another, whether it was mistrust or a spouse has left or um you have been lied about, you've been falsely accused. Every one of us has a story, right? At the church of Pergamos, okay, um, Jesus said, If you if you overcome the doctrines of Balaam and the Nicolaitans. In other words, this is spiritual idolatry. It's fornication. This Nicolaitans, it's this heavy shepherding, okay, which God hates. He said, if you overcome this, I'm going to give you hidden manna. I'm going to give you a white stone with a new name. Okay. And to the church of Smyrna, right? This was a sect which professed Judaism, but they blasphemed God. They served Satan. This is, and, and so there were, people there um, and God actually calls it actually a synagogue of Satan and um, those who are suffering at the hands uh, of per- persecution, different places in the world where they're suffering persecution. Jesus said, if you overcome, if you continue and endure, I'm going to give you a crown of life. At the church of Thyatira, okay, they were tolerating false teaching, okay, so it's a false teaching of Jezebel. It was fornication, seduction idolatry it's moral compromise beloved this is everywhere but the warning was or the instruction was to repent hold on to what you have until jesus comes and if you overcome if you turn from false teaching okay because we're going to run into people that have fallen into idolatry they've fallen into a mixture there's false teaching there's heresy there's a spirit of error and lovingly show them okay we don't pound them and we don't hurt them with the sword, right? We don't want to injure anybody. The sword does the dividing, just present the word of God, okay? Let the word do its job. We don't want to injure anybody with that sharp sword, right? If we share with them what Jesus has done, how he delivered us from error, how he delivered us from affliction, how he delivered us um, from a place of absolute brokenness and hopelessness, Jesus said, if you overcome these things, you're, you're going to have power to rule over nations. I'm going to give you the morning star. Beloved, the promises are so incredible. To the church of Sardis, keep yourself pure, right? Uh, Jesus spoke to them. He said, you need to watch. You need to be watching, right? Watch and pray always. You do not fall into a temptation and be accounted worthy to escape that which is coming on the earth. He said, if you do this, you're going to be clothed in white raiment and your name will not be blotted out of the book of life. That tells me it's possible. That it's possible for names to be blotted out of the book of life. If Jesus said, if you do this, your name will not be blotted out of the book of life because some may have felt they they have fallen too far. Beloved, if he can save me, he can save anybody. If he can keep me, He can keep anybody because the Lord, our God, is our keeper. Ask the Father if there's anybody that you know. I'm just sharing this. I feel led to do this. Ask the Father if there's anybody that you know that you need to be reconciled with. All right? Now, I know there are some relationships that our Father has to cut off because it's immoral or because it's, um, he just said, don't even go there. But I believe it's important to be reconciled to brothers and sisters in Christ, if at all possible. Pray for them. Love them. What can I do to help you? Can we meet for coffee? Can I um, meet with you? Can we have a conversation? What can I do to help you? Can I come to your house, Um, do something practically to help you? If you're a woman, um, gosh, can I come to your house? Can I help watch your children? Um, You know, if you're a man... Um, Can I come over and help fix this at your house? There are practical ways to love people and build a bridge, beloved. I'm sensing, wow, because the time is moving so quickly. We want to be reconciled to our brothers and sisters in Christ, if at all possible, okay? We don't want to be a stumbling block. We don't want to get in the way. We don't want to harm anybody, but we want to be reconciled. And to the Church of Philadelphia... Jesus actually had no warning for them. He did not rebuke them. He said, I see your good works. I see your endurance. You've kept my word. You haven't denied my name. And they had an open door that no man could shut. And I just want to say this. Blog talk radio and Internet radio, as we know it, that door may shut one day very quickly. And it may not open again. Now, there may be other avenues. But there is an open door right now to preach this gospel message, to encourage our brothers and sisters, and that is what I believe I'm to do. I believe I'm an exhorter, okay? That's what I am to help my brothers and sisters do, is to put them in remembrance of the word of God, to help build you up, to strengthen you, to perhaps share some nuggets or some things that I have learned that would be helpful to you. We need to know that there's an open door right now And Jesus tells that church of Philadelphia, hold fast unto your faith, okay? He didn't say hold fast unto your ministry, all right? Because that ministry may change one day, okay? And we have to be willing if God says, we're going to do it this way now. Hold fast unto your faith. Hold fast unto him. Let no one take your crown, all right? So there's a crown of righteousness for those who long for his appearing. We know that, right? And Jesus has said this group that he calls the Church of Philadelphia will be kept from the hour of trial, and they will be made a pillar in God's temple. Now, in Philadelphia, in that area, the city would often shake because of earthquakes, okay? And so if we are fighting a good fight of faith, you might say, Sister Terry, I don't even have strength to hardly pray. Beloved, there is somebody that will pray for you. And one of those people who will pray for you is your sister talking to you now. I'm here to tell you, I am here for you. If you need prayer, you don't have to tell me every detail. Just trust me and I will pray and I will, my husband and I will agree with you and I promise you it won't go any further. We will pray for you because we care for you and we know the power of the Holy Spirit in you. We know the race that's set before you. But beloved, that city of light, that kingdom called Zion it is coming into view for me more and more that's where that's where we live and move and have our being and you have a reward right in front of you don't let the enemy tell you you can't make it you won't do it you're not good enough you're not smart enough I don't know what lies he's been telling you but I am here to tell you there are people who care about you I know brother John prays for those who request prayer and sister Terry the one talking to you now I will pray for you and stand with you And I will send you scripture if that is helpful. We need to understand that we each have to fight that good fight of faith. And for you, maybe as as a single parent, for you, for some of you, maybe you live alone. For others, maybe you live in a house full of people like my husband and I do. We live in a house full. And we each have different assignments. God is um, taking the sandpaper to us, if I will, if we could use that term to chisel off the rough edges off of us, that impatience or um that unthankfulness or even an entitlement. We think we're entitled to something. You know what? All of that has to go. And he knows how to come by the power of his spirit with that sandpaper to try to smooth away those rough edges in our life. And he is doing that in all of us, beloved. That is what, what the word of God was talking about, be ye perfect even as you're father in heaven who is perfect and again that word perfect means complete and whole means mature and if he says that we can be mature then we know that we can walk with our brother and sister that someone will be there to take you by the hand and walk with you I encourage you try to get together do not forsake the assembling of yourselves friends try to commit to meet even if it's just a few of you in a home I know that uh, internet and online radio serves a purpose. There's nothing like having meetings face-to-face with a brother or sister, a small group, or a larger group, whatever you can do. It's important, as the scripture said, especially as we see the day approaching. With all the other voices, you being bombarded from the right and the left, every which way, some of you are being hit in your bodies right now. I want to pray for you. I just feel like I need to pray for you. So I'm going to do that right now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you that, Jesus, you sent your disciples out to cast out devils, to heal, to preach the kingdom. And, Father, I thank you you tell your people you have... Power over sickness and disease So right now, Father, because you are Lord and God and Jesus Because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever And I thank you, Father, that by the power of your Holy Spirit I speak now to sickness in the name of Jesus I speak to arthritis and I say it's got to go in the mighty name of Jesus I speak to nervous conditions in my brothers and sisters right now Those who are having panic attacks or anxiety attack right now in the mighty name of jesus i speak to that affliction i command you to go i speak right now over those who um Over the backbone. God, the Holy Spirit's showing me a backbone. All right, so I'm going to pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I ask, Lord God, that you would make the crooked places straight, that the power of the Holy Spirit would touch my brother or sister from the top of their head to the sole of their feet, and that they would bring that spine into alignment. If there are any ribs out, joints out, alignment out, discs out. Father, I ask you to fill in the blank places where there's been um, the discs in the body are wearing down. Father, any calcium deposits in the name of Jesus, I'm asking, Father, you touch the stomach. I'm seeing a um, Holy Spirit is showing me the digestive tract. So right now I'm asking you deliver your people from irritable bowel syndrome. I ask you touch them in their stomach and their digestive system in the mighty name of Jesus. I call it into order, every enzyme coming into order in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you and praise you that you love to heal your people, that you're the healer of our bodies, the healer of our souls, the healer of our spirit. And I'm asking you to touch your people tonight, my Lord and my God, because you're a good God and because healing is the children's bread. Father, thank you for bringing hope tonight to my brothers and sisters who are feeling hopeless father thank you in the mighty name of jesus that i know lord god and because you told us the motive of the kingdom of god is love i'm asking that you would fill every one of us lord god with the love of the father this is a supernatural love the agape love love that we know nothing about father i'm asking you would empty us of our own ability to love and pour in your love that we can love the hurting around us And even those who have violated us, wounded us, who have been unfaithful to us, who have betrayed us and have hurt us have stolen from us. Father, I ask you to pour in love, Lord God, because, Father, everything that you commanded your son to do, he did it because of love. And, Jesus, I thank you. You said, I only do that which I see my father doing. Father, I pray right now for my brothers and sisters that they would only do that which they see the father doing. Father, I thank you that as your people take the message of that kingdom, as you have commissioned us to preach your message, you will confirm it with signs following. Thank you, Father, that my brothers and sisters will hear words of knowledge. You'll have words of wisdom. You'll give them prophetic utterance. You'll give them visions and dreams. Father, thank you for the working of miracles. Thank you for regenerating your people and stirring up the gifts. Even now, Father, as we're praying in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, that your kingdom is power. Though there's unity, we're all different, and we express that love and those gifts uh, gifts in different ways. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that your kingdom is eternal. It is sovereign. It rules over every earthly kingdom, Father. We don't set anything up. All we do is declare it. and proclaim it and say the kingdom of God is at hand. For our Father is about to step down. And Father, as you step down, I thank you that the nations are judged. But your people will arise and shine and the glory of God will be seen upon them. Father, I praise you and I thank you that your kingdom is eternal, that you are a great God, that you are absolutely righteous and just. You are a father of integrity. You are a God of virtue and uprightness. And I ask, Father, that because of who you are, That you would, by your spirit, change us, conform us into the very image of the Son of the living God. That the Lord Jesus Christ would live and move and have his being in us and through us, Lord God, as you set us out to love and to touch, to inspire, to give hope, and yes, even to gently rebuke. So, Father, on this Father's Day, I pray that all that has been said would bring glory to you, my Father. And I'm asking again, in the mighty name of Jesus, your Son, that you would help All of us to keep focused on your eternal kingdom, on your mountain that cannot be moved, the mountain of light, the mountain of healing, the mountain of glory, the mountain of power, the mountain of your majesty, that everywhere we go, Father, we would give you praise. We would give you thanks for the good, even through the difficulties and the trials you said, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. And so, Father, as we seek first Your kingdom, an eternal kingdom called Mount Zion. Every mountain of man is crumbling under your feet. But even as mountains of men are still all around us and we live here, Father, I'm asking that you would clothe and equip your people, Father, first of all, with a garment of humility, with a broken and a contrite spirit with your love that cannot fail. Infuse us, Father. I'm asking, fill us to overflowing, Lord God. Bring us out of our comfort zones, Father, that we may touch the hurting, that we may work while it is yet day. Father, we love you tonight, and we are so thankful we can call you Father, Abba, Daddy, Because you gave birth to us by your spirit, we take no credit, but we deflect and we give all glory and honor and praise to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, whose name is Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. To him be all glory. Father, I thank you for touching your people tonight. I thank you for strengthening them, for giving them hope, for touching their bodies, for touching their mind and their spirit, for all of this, Father. I say thank you, Amen, and Amen.
3: Amen. Praise God. (laughs) No, you're not. You're not done. You're just ramping down. (laughs) I I always. I'm joking, of course. You know, I was just yeah. But praise God. Um, Wow, what a great uh, so encouraging and thank you so much for spending extra time with us tonight and for everybody because um i can tell you you know we we you know pe- people dial you know people dialed in they wanted to hear you keep going um praise god what a powerful powerful message and in a day that we need encouragement more than probably ever in our lives it's definitely not an easy world to deal with right now. So um thank you so so much for sharing this powerful message with everyone and uh moving in the in the in the presence of the Holy Spirit and um proclaiming healing uh through the power of Christ for people that were being shown through a word of knowledge and and just praise God for your ministry share uh Terry and again a word in due season dot com. Again that's a word in be Season dot com. That's uh, it's her website, and and they really do. Her and her husband Bud really do pray for people. Uh, two or three are God together. There you have a guarantee from your Father that uh, He is there. His Spirit is there, present in your midst, and that is that pretty much gives you uh, one-upsmanship uh, to the in the sense that you are united with your with our Father and the Godhead in the time that you are at that prayer and that is uh it's powerful Uh, terry is very very blessed uh to have her husband bud to be able to join in prayer for you so i certainly would take her up on it uh uh, you know if it was me so anyway so god bless you thank you so much terry for uh and also did did you want to share your email real quick with everybody
0: i surely am happy to do that and Again, brothers and sisters, brother John and everyone listening, this sister over here loves you and prays for you. Um, my email address is a word in due season 777 at gmail.com. God bless you and thank you, John.
3: Praise God. Thank you so much, Jerry, for joining us tonight. And looking at the uh, time now, it's Sunday, June the 19th, and we will be getting together again on Wednesday, Lord willing, uh, at 7 p.m. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, this... Praise Jesus for every single one of you. We are going to be making some adjustment to the not to Terry's schedule, but uh, we're actually not to really. We don't know exactly where it's going to end, but just just as an FYI, um, we're going to start making some adjustments to some of the subject matter that we talk with Elena and Robert. uh, Get ourselves back on track to deal with more of the mysteries of our existence and uh, the things that Tribulation Now is founded on um, uh, information-wise, but we're not. going to be, you know, we're going to c- continue with all of the other guests that we you know, have as well. Uh, but, but, we're, but what we're going to try to do, this is just an FAI kind of a thing for the listeners. Uh, what we're going to try to do is steer our, our subject, our discussions back on track. And, I, and what I mean by that is that when the world takes us all over, what happens is we can't help it. We're humans. It's just how it is. And so what happens is the guests will oftentimes talk about current events Um an awful lot. And so what ends up happening is the radio show becomes just like every other podcast in the entire world. And it talks from beginning to end about current events, regardless of what the guest, you know, who the guest is with the exception of Terry and, uh, and, uh, brother Gary, uh, who works on the Genesis six conspiracy, uh, book. So, um, I wanted to share we're having conversations right now to get everybody back on track, uh, because there's, you know, thousands upon thousands of podcasts out there. And the Lord has given us a a gift of having some guests that have been uh, seen, experienced, walked in, done things that are incredibly supernatural, sort of like when Paul said, you know, um, that, you know, he knew a, a man that had been taken up, at what, to the third heaven or something like that. But anyway, we're very blessed to have people on this program, like Elena and Robert, that have seen things, experienced things, and done things that are so amazing and supernatural that it helps us, even though they had to go through hard times, uh, to to go through those experiences uh, when they're able to share those experiences with the listeners it expands our understanding of how amazing God is how big the universe is what it might actually mean to rule and reign with Jesus over all of creation because eternity is a very long time And that makes all it makes it all the more exciting to understand how big this is, because when we're focused, the scripture says in Colossians three, two and three, it says, keep your mind stayed on things above and not on things of this world. And so we're going to try to steer the conversations. It might take a little while, uh, Joy and Zen and everybody, but we're going to start steering the conversations over to some of the subject matter that will expand upon uh, the possibilities of many of the mysteries that are a big, big part of our existence in eternity but things that the Bible doesn't explicitly necessarily cover. It may hint around about it. It might have some mystery scriptures in there that touch upon it slightly. Uh, But uh, we, you know, I think it's just a powerful blessing that this ministry has been given to be able to, to touch uh, and discuss areas of Bible mystery that are so important for the days ahead, uh, but uh, are just beyond the scope of, you know, what, churchianity would ever touch. Uh, so anyway, we're going to be making a shift and try a little harder not to, to allow the shows to just turn into a discussion of current events, because you can get that anywhere. All right, praise God. So anyway, we'll see you seven, uh, this uh, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., Lord willing. Thank you, Sister Terry. God bless you all, and have a good night's sleep and peace. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.
2: Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts We seek you with all our might Sinners at the mercy of grace Redeemed we are by your embrace Praise his holy name Praise the King of kings When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure until you come back for your bride to set her free. I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory